across the UK, online and on DAB. We are Talk. Talk Radio. Give it some lip. Talk Radio. Evening, dear listener. Um, well, you know, it's going to be a different show this evening. Um, we're going to talk about the day's events. And if you were there, I'd love to hear from you. If you weren't there, I'd also love to hear from you. Just to kind of check in and let me know how you're doing if you get me lizard you know just give us a call and just check in and tell me how things are going for you 0344 499 late nights with ian lee on talk radio across the uk online and on dab get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's lord of misrule ian lee no relation thank god Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So, dear listener, it's um, it's going to be a very different uh, show this evening. Um, and we're going to talk about the day's events. Um, personally, you know... I I, I kind of think that perhaps we've all heard enough today. You know, let's be honest, excuse my language, it has been a shit day, hasn't it? Hasn't it? It has been absolutely lousy, beyond lousy. Um, and um, it's one of those days when you are hearing the, the, the same kind of thing over and over again, and I, you know, I kind of think that perhaps the... the um, that a significant portion of this audience are ready for a laugh today. But, 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 um, I uh, had a conversation with my boss earlier on today. And um, first of all, he said, I, you know, take the night off. We'll get someone in. I went, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on a second. No, 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 no. Let's think about this. I can come in and I can do a kind of a straight show, um, sort of in my style, um, but that's what they want. They want a straight show. They want us to talk to experts, and that is what I will, of course, gladly, um, gladly do. They're my bosses, and I, I do what they what they say. Um, what I don't want tonight to be is to be lots of guesswork, lots of finger pointing, lots of. Um, trying to stir up a, a little bit of hatred. If you go online, there are various groups that are using this incident, this horrific, horrific incident um, that happened today. They are using it to their own gains, to um, to create more divisions, to create racial hatred, to create religious hatred, to, um, to, to, to stir it up. And um, we don't know what happened we don't know why this person did what this what they did and i i'm i'm reluctant to start guessing and hypothesize we'll find out we'll find out in due course um but i i don't want i don't want this to be a you know who should we hate what should we i don't want that kind of thing i do want you to call in if you were there love to hear from you because I, I i'm genuinely i'm i'm fascinated in, in, in as to how it was uh, what kind of experience it was for you even if you weren't there though i'd love to hear from you because it's 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 weird isn't it it's a weird horrible dark energy that has been created because of this horrific incident. 
that happened today. I'll tell you, I was in London, I'll tell you my my short, d- trivial story. I wasn't near it, but I'll, t- I'll tell you what, what happened to me and where I was and what was going through my head as the evening progresses. And I'd like to hear from you, because we will be talking about this um, all night. We may go off on little tangents, but this is the focus, and we've got some guests lined up, and, 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 and Kath has worked hard to get some, I think, slightly different guests um, lined up. And... Um, We'll just see how it goes, shall we? But I just, can we just call for the next two hours and 55 minutes just for a little bit of calm, okay? Just if, 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 if your finger is raised and you, you want to point it somewhere, just, just put your finger down. We don't, we don't want any of that this evening. Saying that, you are more than welcome to give us a call. 03444991000 is the telephone number. We had a, um, a package, we, a, a two and a half minute little piece of kind of a summary of the day. But I, I would be, I would be so shocked if there was even one person who was turning on the radio tonight and didn't know what had happened. So I'm not going to patronise you by playing that. I'm not going to patronise you because you, you you will have heard all of that stuff throughout the day, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping that in the next three hours we can just kind of th- th- shape this into something a little bit different. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number. If you want to give me a call, uh, you'd be more than welcome. Let's let's go to the first guest. It's um. Gentleman called Simon Trundle, who is a counter-terrorism expert and managing director at Grendon Design Agency Limited. Evening, Simon. Good evening. I doubt I'm an expert because if we can find one of those, then. Well, I, I was I about to say, how do, how does one become a counter? How would you describe yourself, Simon? Um, I, I do specialise in counter-terrorism and blast protection and saving lives, trying to save lives which which uh, which would otherwise be impacted by terrorism. I, I can, so can it I, doesn't, doesn't make me uh, an expert. No, thank you. Back thirty something years. Thank yeah. you. Well, you, 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 thank you for correcting me. And can I, how do you get into that line of work? I'm assuming you have a military background. Would that be correct? Uh, partly yes, but actually, how I got into the work was that I was working in Northern Ireland in, uh, believe it or not, in construction, and we built or repaired police stations after they were bombed, and the IRA decided to try and have a crack at me, and it just changed something in me. I said, well, no, they can they can try and assassinate me, but I, I'm going to keep on going, and I'm going to learn more about how to protect buildings and people. Gosh. And that's where I started the career. So Gosh. in 80, tomorrow was Martin, this is funeral and i'm sad about that because um i think even though at one stage i'd have gladly shot him um and i hated him mm. I, I came to respect her and to forgive him and to um almost welcome him as a man of peace because he did bring the ira to the negotiating table and he did single-handedly play a major role uh, played a major role in Simon, you just said something fascinating and, and i hope you don't mind us just mm-hmm. following this for a second and then we'll get on to, to the horrific event today yeah. um i um I, I, when martin mcginnis died i did obviously there was a lot of lot of anger from a lot of people but i did i did read and hear a few stories from people who had um uh, lost children or wives or husbands in ira bombs and mm-hmm. i did hear a handful of them say they forgave Martin McGuinness. Yes. And I just heard you use that word, and I wondered how you got to that point of forgiveness. It took a long journey. Um, 1986, it was in 86 when the IRA targeted me and a colleague to try and... And it was a, it was a targeted and attack. They wanted to take you oh, yeah, personally yeah. out. Yeah, I survived too, thankfully. And the first attack, sadly, a young 
manager of, of ours borrowed the car we were supposed to use for an hour and he was shot dead with the passenger and then they announced they named us but they got him and then the second time around Martin McGuinness's um, brigade if you want to call it that, mm. that was he called it the South Area Brigade they mortared my office but I, I was late for the first time in 14 years for work um, and, wow. and I, I survived that and then there was another attempt and then I and then sadly I found myself in situations where I was either picking up pieces of people or um, or witnessing it. So yeah. I, 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 I was in the, we were in the middle of it like a lot of people were. Uh, no member of family, but work colleagues and good friends were killed. And then, I must admit, I, I, I harboured hatred. Yeah, absolutely. I bet. Understandably and then so. I, and, then I, and then I came to a place, and I'm not going to start preaching to you about faith and stuff, but I did actually find something myself. And once I found, I kind of began to think about this thing about forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Mm. It changed me, and I I decided, I took a decision to forgive. Um, and then I had to walk through it. I had to work my way through it. So uh, that is um that's incredible and I really appreciate you sharing that, Simon. I didn't I didn't know that history of yours and that, that really yeah. is absolutely remarkable. Um in terms of, of what happened today, mm-hmm. um my opinion, my kind of view on it, as someone who's just watched it on the news and heard it on the news, is um, the police were, were were pretty outstanding, weren't they today? They were, and I, I almost felt guilty earlier on for thinking um, that we got away likely. I mean, we didn't get away likely. There are there are three victims dead, and yep. the perpetrators dead, mm. and there are families mourning, and there are families grieving for those who are injured, and there are horrific injuries, and there's several people, you know, in between life and death. Mm. So we, we may be seeing more. But um, we did, it could have been so much worse. Yeah. But the police did respond. I mean, okay, um, I've had so many people, we were involved in an incident in Whitehall, um, in controlling the buildings in Whitehall. So it, it was an interesting day. Um, we, we had uh, some difficult things happening. But... Um, you know, I, 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 I think the fact that uh, the man is shot dead in in the palace, in, in, in Parliament, is about as bad as he can get. He gets in there, he gets as far, but there are police there willing to put their own lives in the line, as we've mm-hmm. seen this evening. One of them died, and uh, two others stepped up to the mark, did the classic thing of shouting a warning against somebody who's no longer interested in a warning. Mm-hmm. They, they shouted a warning. They didn't stop. They responded accordingly and shot him. And I, I know, even now, I know from speaking to one or two of them that they were saying it's a pity he died. We wanted him alive. Yeah, a live terrorist is much better than a dead one. Well, of course, because they can face, they can certainly face, a, you know, a, a, a prison sentence. But you never know. I mean, what are the chances? I mean, this, this, this chap is, is is dead. But when you capture people like this, do, they don't give much away, though, do they? Well, you know, there's all sorts of forensics in death, and there's all sorts of, you know, if, if, if you'd be surprised how much is going on this evening. In the vehicle, um, we have extensive CCTV networks in London. Most, um, some areas are very heavily concentrated. Other areas are just traffic cameras and automatic number plate cameras for, for the congestion charge. So all of that will be looked at now. So we're going to get some forensics out of the attack and work out where the vehicle came. Was it was it seen on the camera with two people in it? At any time, did somebody hand over the keys to him to continue? Mm. Did was he alone? So all of that's going on in the background. But it's always, believe it or not, when people are 
are caught. Some of them are um, they. Some of them do actually help, and they give away information. Um, you mentioned something, and I'm going to ask you a question, which I, I think mm-hmm. I, I think you're not going to answer because of your you know operational activities. You mentioned that that, that that you were involved with the buildings in Whitehall being locked down. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. One one, one particular site. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask how you, how a building like that gets locked down, or is that top secret? It isn't. I mean, it's straightforward, and it's actually been practiced all over the country. Right. With, Shopping centres, which government buildings, it's very simple. When you, when you have an incident uh, developing in the area, you should have your contingency plans. And in this building, it was all shutters came down, all entrances were closed, all doors were locked, and everybody stayed inside, and, and the building went dark. So mm. it looks it looks like there's no life in there. Because at one stage, they were uncertain as to whether this was a precursor for a second attempt, mm. because it has happened before. Um, whether there was more than one person, it could have been. You know, the police were doing a magnificent job of trying to move people away because if if hundreds of people had gathered to look at it, then that could be a precursor, a target for somebody coming in with a suicide vest and and killing far more people. Yeah. So the, so you have to constantly keep amending your plans. So it, it's been practiced. There's been an awful lot of work going on. I was speaking to one of the firearms officers this evening, and he said, "Sam, you know, I'm as guilty as you. I, I feel as if we got away fairly lightly." But it's something we've been practicing for mm. for for two years, three years now, and it, the plan worked insofar as how we covered the area and how it, how it, how we locked down the area. That's great, but um, we could be having a very different story if there'd been a wider team well, tonight. This is this is the this is the thing, and I was talking about this in the office. And again, we don't know this gentleman or what his why mm-hmm. this was being done, but. Um, and, and I know what you mean when you say we got off lightly. Obviously, the families involved would not think that. But no, when you compare it to something like the attacks in Paris, or you, you know, I understand exactly what you mean by that. Um, and I was surprised that um, this chap appeared to only have a knife, didn't have a gun. There was no explosive. There was no suicide vest, which you mentioned. Um, and that struck me as... as as, as really odd. I would have thought if someone was going to do an attack like that, they would go all in with as many... I, is it that if I were to make a bomb or I t- were to make a suicide vest, that would cause a noise on the internet or, or, or the authorities might pick up on that? Well, there's no doubt that there's been a lot more work, there's a lot of work going on in the background to track and trace explosive quantities and materials right. that can be used for making explosives. So if I were to order you know, four gallons of peroxide, I think... You know, which was used in the in the seven seven bombings and part of well, one of the components, so that would be immediately flagged up because yeah. all the suppliers now are charged with with declaring any unusual purchases, one off purchases for company, not for a company but for an individual. So there's a lot going on in the background, and terrorists sells uh, both here and abroad know that, so they try and say, well, let's keep it keep it as quiet and as low key as possible. Um, weapons, yes, there are more weapons in the country than people probably realise. You know, the criminal fraternity can always produce a 9mm machine pistol for for sale or for hire, for a robbery or for a, an attack on a drug gang or whatever. Mm. So we're, we're concerned about them transferring over into the wrong hands. Um, he could have equally have acquired a shotgun or, or something, a pump-action shotgun, which, you know, relatively easy to steal in the country, go to a farmhouse, etc. Et All those things we look at. But it means... You expose yourself before the incident. Mm. Now, today, what we'll assume is he picks up a knife out of the kitchen, or he's bought one at 
B&Q or Home Base or whatever he wants to buy one, or Marks and Spencer's, because we can all go in and buy yeah. lovely, sharp kitchen knives. Yeah. He buys one of those, nobody triggers. That's just a normal purchase. He, he drives a car. Now, whether he hired the car, or the car, or owns the car, he has a vehicle. He has the, mob- he has the mobility to get to the target, and then he used the vehicle as the attack. So it's a hostile vehicle. Mm. And really today, he's driving a vehicle of just under 1.2 tonnes in weight, and he, he sadly kills, you know, two people on the bridge and has crushed others. We mm. may have more fatalities, mm. and it's horrific. But with that vehicle and in that area, he could have killed so many mm. more people. So mm. we're looking at, at the fact that not that we were lucky, because nobody involved in this was lucky today. Mm. Um, you know, those, those who might say, well, I wasn't hit by the car and I was on the bridge and I'm lucky. Yeah, but the, those who were involved, no. So it, it, it's, it's such a low technology attack that could be carried out by anyone yeah. um, tomorrow. And that's what's been, that's what IS and that's what the rest of them are actually saying to people. Don't tell us when you're going to do it. Don't put anything on the internet. Mm. Don't, don't declare that today is the day and don't make your video and put it up on the internet before you go and do it because yeah. all of that's been monitored. Just do it. But leave a note or a message or, or a friend will have a video who will pass it on afterwards claiming that you're doing it in the name of whatever, whatever, whatever it is. you're doing it on. So we don't know yet. I mean, but equally on situations like this, we've had situations in the past where many years ago, a car ran into the front of a BBC in White City and people were going into panic over why on earth would a car drive into the front entrance of the BBC and it turned out to be a mentally ill person mm. who felt that the television was spying on them. Yeah. And, the, you know, and so, you, you, you know, it could be mental health today. It could be a combination because recently we've also seen IS feeding people who are who have mental health issues. You know, the, the attack in the underground with the knife, which you saw last year, you know, that, gen- that individual had gone through several... Oh, well, there is a, uh, there is a connect... You know, you do often see a lot... You know, a lot. There's a num- the, 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 the chap that killed Joe Cox, you know, it could be classed yeah. as a terrorist murder, yeah. and, and he was mentally yeah. unstable as well. So it does... Um, they, they do... Uh, uh, Simon, um, I was going to say I've enjoyed talking to you, and that, that, that's mm-hmm. a terribly inappropriate phrase, but I, I, I appreciate your time this evening, Simon, and thank you very much for speaking to me. Okay. Thank you very much. This is Simon Trundle, um, counterterrorism. He's worked in counterterrorism, managing director at Grendon Design Agency Limited. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Um, this is the way the show's going to go. It, it won't be for everyone. If you, if you've had enough of this, um, we're going to do it slightly differently. Um, but if you've had enough, then, then, then switch off. If you're finding all of this talk a little bit, um, upsetting or disturbing, then switch off. Because what I don't want to do with the show tonight is I don't want to scare and I, I don't want to, um, worry. I don't want to be one of those shows where we're shouting and causing panic. I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to try and calm everyone down if I can. I want my role this evening to try and calm everyone down. Um, so give us a call. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
Evening, dear listener. 0344 If you're just tuning in, uh, we, we're going to be following the uh, the events of the day. And, and to what end? I don't know. I, it would be very, very surprised if we got any, um, any new information um, this evening. But you never know. Uh, what I'm really after is your personal stories of, of how the day has affected you. And I'll kind of share with you how it's affected me. So I want those personal stories. And... Um, I want the facts of what happened today. I don't want any, well, I think maybe it was this guy. I think maybe he did this and he was doing it. I don't, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of the guesswork and any, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the usual, I'm not even going to name him, but you know, the, these right wing kind of nut jobs on, on Twitter going, well, it's we, cause we got Muslims and we got, I don't want any of that tonight. That's not what tonight is about. Let's get some facts. We got, um, uh, David Spencer from Talk Radio News. David, good evening. How are you? All right. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, give us the facts. What do we know? Because lots of misinformation flying around. What do we know about what happened today? I'll talk you through the facts as quickly as I can. Four people died after this attack outside Westminster earlier. What happened was a car driving northwards mm-hmm. from South London. Those that can picture you, you see the aerial shots of yep. the Houses of Parliament. So driving towards Big Ben. Driving towards Big Ben. River, That's yeah. Westminster Bridge. And a car was driving across it, up onto the curb into some pedestrians yep. lots of people injured there two people in that crowd yep. died some of the injured were school children from france also a couple of police officers on their way back from a commendation ceremony right. um then the car carried on crashed into a gate outside the palace of westminster man gets out carrying a knife attacks a police officer armed police who mm-hmm. guard westminster that policeman sadly dies the attacker is then shot dead and that's how the incident played out. Since then, police have announced they think it was one attacker. Yeah, pretty certain because there was a, there was a, a period quite early on where they were saying it was it was being reported that it was two. And that's what happens with these stories yeah. because people get very confused, and because of the speed, you know, you know about this yeah. social media misinformation then spreads much quicker than it might have done before. Mm. And even a name went out of a possible attacker from, on reputable organisations. Channel Four, Channel was it Channel Four that mm. said it? And I know you, I'm, I, you're being discreet, but I, I, I don't need to be so discreet. <laughs> Channel Four said they had the, the name of the attacker, and I saw it being tweeted around. And then, am I correct that the the, the chap they named, his solicitor, said, "Well, he's been in, he's in prison. He's, he's serving a prison sentence. He's still in jail." Um, so, they, so this is why everything you read on Twitter and on Facebook, and even things you see on the news question everything you've got to question everything and at the heart of journalism that's why it's a modern question yeah that's really challenging isn't it yeah, Be- yeah because the speed of things means that you know you are demanded to deliver more quickly well this is the wh- fact when i worked at the bbc um the bbc we would constantly get knocked and we get messages saying well hang on a minute you're reporting on something that sky just reported 20 minutes ago we used to have i don't know we're kind of we're linked with sky but we had a saying uh, at the bbc sky never wrong for long <laughs> because what they and other news sources would do is they would get the news and put it out and the bbc however you know it's, it's trendy to knock the bbc but the bbc for the most part would hold back 
and check it. They, where did we get this from? Is it a reliable source? Do, can we can we get this from a second source as well to confirm it? And that can be very frustrating from a consumer point of, course of view. It can. You know, people listening will watch the BBC and go, "Why aren't they saying this? Why don't we know this?" Yeah. And there's there's checks in place. Yeah. And as a journalist, you should be doing that at whatever organisation you're in. And it's interesting for the language of an incident like this. Even in my news this evening, I will not be saying a terror attack. Right. Police. Of calling it that right, because okay. that allows okay. them to react That's interesting, yes. they have described it they're treating it as a terrorist attack yeah. because it gives them the ability to then react in the way they can yeah we don't know it's a terror attack this could be anyone with any sort of method That's and interesting, the yes. language of that is quite important because a terror attack gives a, a different meaning and almost you maybe give some credit you know credibility you know credit to credibility it. yes Thank you. i know so, yeah. you've had a long day I oh i have a, yeah i know you now you were telling us but before we came in telling me and kathy you were on the tube yeah when uh, nearby when it happened yeah i heard the news break i was actually the other side of london about to get on the underground and it involved a change which would be on the line that goes through westminster right. and i thought well hang on a minute the jubilee line which is the line that goes through westminster will may well be closed yeah it wasn't i got on the the train and it said we will not be stopping at westminster because of a security incident as we go through mm. very slowly you can hear this announcement of get out of the the tube station mm. there's a, a police incident going on mm. it's quite surreal and i'm obviously knowing as a journalist you get an instinct for this is something yeah not right and also before that when i travel into london and one of the biggest shopping centers in london is westfield in shepherd's bush yep. and I've been chatting to a New Zealand radio station this evening about, they said, "What? how do you feel in London? Are you worried about these types of, att of attacks? Yeah. Yes. When I park at Westfield, I don't go into the shopping centre. I go through the car park. Yeah. I stay underneath. Really? really? And go outside because, and you say about personal experience, yeah. I, am, I know that that is a target. Yeah. And so it changes my behaviour. Every time I get out at Westminster Tube, I think about how that is susceptible to a terror attack. Isn't that interesting? Because I know Whiteley Shopping, it's, it's, you know, it's huge, vast, it's too big. I, know. I never understand the fascination of, of different shops. Oh, look, next is next to Boots, and in our shopping centre, it's Gap, you know, it's whatever. But um, you, that, you, 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 you won't go into to Whiteley's because of that. Because I'm, I'm aware, you know, and I kind of, you know, and I'm a dad, and I like to think I have my eyes open. What are you going to see? What are you going to do? But, um... I have not yet reached a stage where I won't go to places. I just know that there's no point in going into it. Yeah. And it's somewhere that it's a it's a a security risk because a shopping centre yeah. and you say it's fast. Yeah. Are very difficult to protect. Yeah, yeah. And we know that there have been a number of, of incidents involving yeah, shopping centres. So yeah. And I I heard a security expert talking a few weeks ago actually about how the UK has been better at preventing attacks like this. Yeah. Partly because we're in Ireland, we know that, but also because of our brilliant security services. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of weaknesses in France and Germany. They've admitted that. They've not been used to this type of terror threat. The UK has had it since the 70s. Yeah, of you, course. You, we heard talking about IRA incidents before. Yeah. And so we're a little bit more used to it a little bit more educated with our terrorism, but you still worry that those sort of places are susceptible. And a terror expert was saying, when, you go, when he goes into a shopping centre, he immediately looks at where the exits are and how he could get through a shop. Really? To, to plan. And, and that is... And wow. when, you're, when you're living and working in London, I think people do 
worry about that and do think about that. You can't let it beat you, though. You can't let it well, affect you too much, can you? Yeah, yeah, well, no. I, 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 mean, I remember when I... Because I, I lived... I grew up outside of London, and I, I came to uh, North London when I came to college. I remember uh, we were... The, my first year at university, I mean, it's Oakwood, right at the top of the Piccadilly line. You can, can barely call it London. And um, there was an IRA bomb. So this would have been about 92 or something. And there was an IRA bomb, I think, in Ealing miles away miles away but we were all terrified we were all it was like god we've moved to london and and, and you know within the first couple of months there's a bomb and this is what it's going to mm. be like um and there were a couple more bombs after that over the months and it, with each one i i got less and less scared you know because i don't know why i think statistically the and this is not to make light of any, you know of any demean any families that have been affected by today at all but statistically you know it's the chances of it happening to you are, are very slim um and i do, i don't think i could i could live in london well i don't live in london but i don't think i could work go and work and travel in london and think about it and think about it no no i think i i i think people do and maybe they'll tell you that, well, we'll that they, they change their their behaviors and i think after seven seven i was working in london yeah in 2005 and we know that it was the olympic announcement the day before yeah, very yeah. celebratory we were covering that the next day the attack and then the next day after that i've got colleagues that were all caught up we all traveled into the same place in the center of london on the tube carrying on our behavior oh, the first time on to, the tube after that you know you have to do it but you've just become slightly more aware and an instant like today mm. I think will will change. You know, will once again people give people a reminder that you become far more yeah. aware of your surroundings. On the day of seven seven, I, I, I lived in North London, but I was out at Slough visiting my mum, and a friend of mine who was a TV producer, and he phoned me up at lunch uh, about four o'clock in the afternoon, and he was filming a TV show, Eight Out of Ten Cats. He said we've had two guests drop out because of the because of seven seven. They don't want to travel into London. Would you come in? and be a guest at short notice, and I did. But it was filmed in the BBC, in Television Centre, as it was then, which, of course, was a, tar- a target. So we filmed a comedy show on the um, um, most... I can't read what you've typed on the screen, I'm afraid, because you've lost it. It was filming a comedy show on the, the most horrific of days, and they wouldn't allow an audience in. So it's oh. a completely empty studio. How surreal. It was the we- I mean, it really was a very odd ending to a, to a very odd day. Uh, so those, um, um, Kath is typing something on my screen, but I can't see it because of the way it scrolls up, I'm afraid. So um, I, I think we've got, um, this. The, the way this screen works is I can only see um, a little bit. Here we go, here we go. Uh, Met, oh man, here we go. Okay. Met police say five people have died in today's attack in Westminster, including a police officer, the attacker and three members of the public. So that's another member of the public that's died. 40 people are injured, including three police officers, two in a serious condition. Ah, oh, man, I suspect that, you know... Well, we'll see. Mm. Um, anything else? No, I, I mean, I think that number from what we saw, the word that was very unusual earlier on for the medical officials mm. when they were attending to the injured... Uh, was catastrophic. Mm. It's a very unusual word to use in news parlance. We don't normally have that kind of language. So uh, there is a worry that there may be more victims. Okay. Um, but, yeah, very sad. David, thank you very much indeed. Um, it's nice to, nice to see you in here, despite the situation. Lovely is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's going to be a heavy show, you know, and it's uh, is it the right thing to do? I don't know, necessarily. But it's um, it, it's what's been required, and I'm I, I'm kind of happy to deliver i don't want to make it a terrifying show i don't want to make it an angry show i don't want to make it a show where 
we kind of point fingers and say, it was them that did it. Them, and we shouldn't trust them. Because we don't know nothing. Okay? What I want from you, not should we arm the police, not should we close our borders, not none of that. None of that. I just want to know how you're doing after today. Has it affected you? Maybe it hasn't affected you. That's valid. That's valid. Maybe you, you don't live anywhere near London. And it's just not touched you. Maybe you do live in London and it's not touched you. That's valid. That's really valid. Um, but I just want to know how, how, you, how you're getting on. Is that all right? We can do that, can't we? Until one o'clock. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Jay's on the line. Evening, Jay. Evening, Ian. Funny you, old day. It's a funny old day. How you doing? All right, thank you. Um... It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is a funny old day. I mean, you know, I'm up in in uh, sunny Greater Manchester, so it's not uh, uh, like it's happening around the corner this, uh, this time. But isn't it funny how the other day you were saying we haven't had a... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, like did, I, happen. I did. I did. I'm I, not blaming you. No, 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 not at all. And I did, I did <laughs> say, I, and, I do, and I do think it's unusual that, it, that, that, that this happen, hasn't happened before. And I do think it's yeah. unusual. I, I, I'm surprised that, the, you know, that there weren't firearms and explosives involved. And, um, you know, doesn't it, doesn't it ground us all and make us think? Well, you touched on something with your interview, your really good interview with uh, that, that, that fella, the first one, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry. Um, you touched on something that I've been speaking about with, with my colleagues today at work, and, um, and that's about the fact that the, the things that we are seeing happen um, are kind of low-tech, you know. Um, you know, people, I mean, you mentioned the Ruby last time, but, you know, that's, that's two guys with knives, and, mm. and this is a guy with a car, the kind of stuff that you that you that, that you don't arouse suspicion, you know, by driving a car around or by, or by, you know, having a kitchen knife, um, and and it seems what it leads me to believe, rightly or wrongly, I don't know, is that behind the scenes there's a lot of work going on in catching people who are kind of quote unquote organised and organising, um, and it'd be interesting to know whether or not you know uh, your man who, who who the expert before was talking about he was good simon trumbull yeah he was simon okay i'll cut that simon yeah it was really interesting yeah but it, it'd be interesting to know his thoughts on um whether it's the organization saying you know stay low key do it like this do it like that or whether it's just guys who are influenced and they don't have access to you know the more sophisticated you know weapons and and things whether they are just doing what they can with what they have to hand they just got it into their head that that's what they have to do um you know it's just, it, it, rather than being part of any organized network um you know they're just influenced or low, uh, lone wolves i hate the phrase lone wolf but you know what i mean they're, they're, they're not really that connected they're just they're just brainwashed enough to to believe they have to do something well, and they do what they have to hand we're verging towards the slight guessing game jay and i kind of don't yeah i know no, no and, and i don't i just i just because we don't we don't know we don't know anything yeah. about this 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 fella i don't you know and it's it's pointless trying to guess and in some way interesting that the, sorry go go on sorry, jay go on it is, inter- it is interesting that that 
And I think I think the attacks that we will see of this nature will, will, be, will perhaps be more low tech than we've had in the past. Well, we we we, we will we will see. Um, Jay, thank you. That oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, this is the way the show's going to be tonight. Um, if you're unhappy with it, just switch off. It's fine. Don't don't send me obnoxious messages. Just 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 switch off. This is what we're going to do, rightly or wrongly. Um, this is how we're going to proceed. This is how we're going to do it. Not necessarily what I would have decided upon, but 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 um, you know, uh, respect to my bosses. They feed my children, and um, I, I, and I think there is something. It, can you turn my computer feed off? Because I've not got it plugged in. There is something um, in just. Just taking a step back from the day. Just taking a step back from the day. Because you know that um, that a lot of the news channels and the other radio stations will be whipping everybody up into a frenzy. We'll be... Um, we'll see what he wants to say. We'll be whipping people up into a frenzy and we're getting angry. And I, and I don't want to do that. And I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to scare people into not going into town. And I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, because this happens, you know, this happens. Julie's on the line. Evening, Julie. Evening, Ian. How are you doing? Really struggling today. <clears throat> Go on, why? So, this morning, uh, I had a big row with my daughter. It was trying to play hooky, saying she was ill. And I was trying to physically get her out of the house. Uh-oh. And she was delaying, so she missed the bus. And at that time, there was a woman walking down my road. And she looked a bit lost. And she asked me if um, I knew where such and such number was. And I said, yes, it's at the end of the road. And only she said, I'm trying to. And at this time, I'm right in the middle of trying to get my daughter out. And anyway, so I took my daughter off and I kind of shut shut the door, having pointed to where the, the, the house was. And... I could see her, after my daughter had gone off, I could see her walking walking about still. And because of the conversation that um, you had last, like where you were saying about the, the guy who cut himself and was talking to himself and how yeah. you felt, you know, you should have done more, it kind of made me think, do you know what? It's only because I'm having a row with my daughter. Do, do, the, do the right thing. So... I went out and I helped her and um, we phoned the neighbour and we made sure that she got into the house and da da da, da. And I thought, do you know what? I'm so pleased I did that mm. because I did the right thing. And then, so I live in South East London. Mm. My husband works in, in London. And obviously the events are this afternoon and they just, the, the pure, like the, the vitriol and the, the hate bait that is around. And I just kind of, I just I felt so good about having done something good, mm. and then just to see all this kind of hate and like you said, the, the media kind of almost I don't know it's a lasciviously kind of I don't know I just maybe it's just because I was, can I can I reveal like, something? Uh, right? Having worked uh, in a couple of news-based rooms, not proper newsrooms, but but in news-based rooms, there is among some journalists, not all of them, right? Not all of them. But among some, there is, um, and I'm not talking about today's event. I wouldn't. I don't want to talk about today's event. But when, when, when um, th- there is, th- well, the fact that we can call a tragedy, and I'm not talking about today, right? A big story, a story. Yeah. That says it all. There are some. There are some people that do. Um, some, some journalists that get excited. Now, 
Yeah. That's not a criticism, because I can kind of understand it, because yeah. it is, their job is to get st- big stories and present them to the world. So when they are given a big story, it makes their job easier. So I can kind of understand it, but it always sat a little uncomfortably with me. And, yeah, and it's, I just felt it was a bit kind of like almost like media schadenfreude. But, kind of, but, 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 saying that, saying that, when mm. I, I was, I've been all over the place today in town, yeah. and um, I've listened to talk radio, I've listened to Radio 4, and I've listened to LBC. I kind of flicked through all of them, because I wanted to go, because I knew that I was coming in to do this show, and I wanted to hear as many different voices and, and, and just see what each station was doing. And it has to be said... That the um, that the, the, the on PM and I heard a lot of Sam Delaney and I heard Ian Dale on LBC. Uh, it, it, uh, it it was all, the, the, what I heard from those people was all done very very respectfully, very yeah. very tastefully, very very matter of fact. N- you know, n- neither Sam nor Ian or, or, or Eddie Mayer on PM. None of those people were were in any way sounding salacious or trying to um, build it up into. You know, they were just. Yeah. They were reporting the facts. They were reporting the facts. And I thought all three of them actually were a, were a credit to the industry because they were they were uh, they were calm they were measured and they were they were giving us the facts. I mean, I thought Sam played an absolute uh, blinder today when he was doing his show, but but uh, you know, so I was I was pleased that uh, that listening to to four and, and us and, and LBC and I was literally I was literally two minutes on one, two minutes just flicking around as I was driving in, um, and I think they all presented the story in inverted commas in um in, in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um, I think it's because it went from kind of a uh, personal thing of just like a bear with a daughter, and then thinking, you know, I've done something good, and then this happens, and it's like, when it was a, I know it's very simplified, yeah. and, and whatever, but when it was like um, 2012, when it was the Olympics, it, it seemed like there was kind of a, a national camaraderie, and yeah. everybody pulled together, and it oh, seems yeah. like then something like this happened, and I don't know, it just... Yeah, I know. It's a, it, it, I mean, it's very, very sad because people have died and people. And are I know so what I'm not doing anything about but, it. And it's... But try and try and focus on the nice thing you did this morning for that woman. You helped. You yeah. helped out. You helped out a stranger. That's that's that for me is what it's all about. You helped out a stranger. Yeah, Julie. Thank you very much. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hassan, Colin, stay there. Come to you after this. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. We're not going for hate. We're not going to go for finger pointing. We're not going to go um, tub thumping. We're not going to um, beat our chests and, and hit the desk and 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 get all angry because we. I've got no idea who this bloke was, why he did it. Listen tomorrow morning at ten o'clock. You'll get loads of that. You'll get pl- you'll get enough of that. But why would you want to contribute to that? Why would you want to contribute to the hate? Why would you want to contribute to the fear? Well, if you listen in t- twelve hours' time, you'll be able to find out who would want to do that and why they want to do that. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It really is uh, 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 the the. <laughs> The, the differences between the morning show and the nighttime show is just, is just a completely different worlds. Pe- amazes me. Um, Hassan. Oh, now, we had this problem yesterday. Let's try again. Hassan? Right, let me try on this line because there's. Hassan, are you there? No. Nope. Yeah. Yo, no, th- oh, hang on. Hassan, say something. Yeah. 
Yes? Hello, Ian. Are you there? Okay, yes, boss. I'm here, you're right. Good. What you got um, for us, Hassan? Well, Ian, uh, it's difficult. I don't want to I don't want to turn your show into a LBC or any other radio show, but I do want to touch... You couldn't do that? Look- we don't employ <laughs> foul-mouthed racists. Oh. <laughs> no, okay. Sorry, that was an insult. Low blow. Take that back. But, you know, I, I do want to touch on a little bit on today what's happened, because, um, as you know, I'm totally blind. And I travel on the tube every day for my work. You tell us you're totally past- blind, Hassan, but I've, I've, I'm, huh. I'm, I'm suspicious. I'm just a benefit thief. I'm, I'm suspicious. No, 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 no. I work. Um, and today I had, I, I run, uh, I ran a coffee morning for blind and partially sighted elderly people this morning, gave yeah. them benefit advice. Life just felt really good for once. You know I suffer from depression. Yeah. Just, it was just a bit like Julie, you know, everything felt like it was going my way. I was helping people. Uh, thought I'd get home and plod on my laptop, organise a few trips for the blind and partially sighted elderly people. One of them was going to be a trip to the parliament. Yeah. And I've taken them before. And, Getting back, having heard what I did here, I was obviously devastated, but, you know, media likes to now and again hype things up, and I wanted to get the full details, but things were a bit sketchy, and then I did the ultimate mistake. I went on Twitter, mm. and I went through the trending topics, and I, Ian, I, I cried because I couldn't believe the hatred that was being dished out towards... I know this bloke hasn't been recognised, or his, his religion, sect, etc. But everything was that he's a Muslim. Yes, a lot of people have jumped on the the Muslim Muslim bandwagon. It may be, it may be not. We we just don't know. You know, a lot of people were naming him. They got that wrong. Um, but 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 the thing is, I didn't see much of that, and I'll tell you why, Hassan, because mm. I don't follow assholes. That's no. a, I don't follow assholes, and because of that, I don't see all of that stuff. I saw one, one guy, the the, yeah. the, the guy that um that funds UKIP, right? I don't know his name. I'm just not yeah. going to say it, right? I saw one because someone yeah, I follow yeah. retweeted it, um, and, and he'd said something, you know, about six million illegal immigrants, and uh, it's just you know extrapolating and and just drawing his own conclusions. And I kind of got involved, and I retweeted it and said, "Stay classy." Um, I saw that, and I and then I then I fell down the rabbit hole. You saw it. Yeah, well, no, no, I read it. Okay, know, okay, okay, no, I just, I don't, I want to catch this guy out. Um, <laughs> and, and then I fell down the rabbit hole a bit, because I then clicked on his feed, and then I clicked on other, fi- and, I, and I fell down the rabbit hole, and I saw a bit of the hatred, and I thought, no, 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 no. I don't need this. And I backed away from it. And because I only follow nice people, for a lot of it, if someone, my friend Scott, who I follow on Twitter... He, yeah. he had obviously not seen what was going on. So for a lot of the time, I was on Twitter and I was reading tweets about this horrendous incident and tweets from Scott about how to get rid of wood chip wallpaper. And it wasn't <laughs> him being disrespectful. It wasn't him being flippant. Yeah. He'd missed the story. And he was genuinely concerned about how do you get... We, you can't get wood chip wallpaper off, Scott. You're screwed. Um, and it was so human <laughs> and it was so lovely to see we got a twitter expert we we recorded a chat um with a guy called mark shaw he's a social media expert and we and we kind of put a lot of this to him we'll play it a bit later on he's really interesting guy actually um and we we kind of talked about that and um i and i'm making a real effort not to click on people i don't like because i don't want to read that i'm blocked i'm blocked by a presenter at this radio station and actually i'm I, and i just went and looked at her twitter feed oops 
And I'm glad I'm blocked. I'm glad I'm blocked because I don't want that in my life. I was going to say, because you have thousands of followers, you must see a lot of rubbish. Oh, yeah, I mean, I see some guy now, you know, I see some of it. But here's the thing. I've been really impressed that um, that neither talk radio nor the BBC, or again, I had a bit of Ian Dale show on LBC, and it was just because I was flicking through the the, the three kind of main news providers, just getting the tone, trying to get some facts, because I knew I was doing this show. And from a couple of callers on James's show was the first time I'd heard... The M word. The M word. I hadn't heard the M word, uh, un- until there was a caller right near the end of, of, of James Whale's show. And, and I thought that was refreshing, actually, Hassan, because, you know, uh, uh, you know the M or the I word, I hadn't heard it pop up before then. And I thought that's actually really refreshing. You know, there are podcasters and there are people doing programs in their nana's bedroom and all that. They're loving it. You know, brilliant. Hate, hate, hate. Um, but but even yeah, even Hassan, even though right, yeah. even if this gentleman was uh, a Muslim, most of my listeners will know that it's you know the the the, 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 the let me speak about other acts, not this one. Most of my listeners know that when other acts have been committed in the name of Islam, they know that it ain't proper Islam; that it is a twisted version of it. Um, um, yeah, but there is. You're right. There's a lot of hate out there, man, and stuff and like that's this. That's why I didn't want to come on. I didn't want to come on and say, "Oh, I condemn condemn this attack," because we all should. Well, no, well, no, I, I hate that. When we were with the BBC, if there was an attack, I think I was. Were we there? When was I there? When Lee Rigby was was murdered, and I think we had we had to have someone. We had to have like a a cleric come on and say on behalf of the Muslim community. We why why are you so you don't? Hey, listen, brother, you don't need to say that and then you get the racist phoning up going i've not heard anyone from the muslim community all i've heard is people from the muslim it's like all muslims have got every other muslim's telephone number hey mohammed have have you seen (laughs) can can you give it they've all got they're all it's like it's like me saying on you know it's like um when joe cox was murdered it's like me coming on and going on behalf of um uh, the indigenous white population i would just like to apologize for the brute it's you sound like an idiot if you did that you sound like an idiot meaningless and then and 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 don't Hassan, don't when those people um, uh, order you to bark, don't bark. You don't need to. You don't need to. Only idiots want to hear a spokesman for the Muslim community condemning these acts. Only idiots and racists want to hear that. No, oh, I love you, and I just stood up with uh, glory, and I'm not even oh, using God, a cane. Oh God, with glory! Yeah. Oh, good, good. Well, Hassan, well, I think we'll move on, and uh, if that's the case, um, Colin, you've got a minute. Ian, how are you? I'm very well, Colin. I'm a bit numb after that today. Uh, yeah, how are you right. feeling? How's your head? How's your head doing? This is kind of what I want to ask people. How are you doing after today? Well, I'm I'm numb. I'm feeling a bit sick from what I've seen. Yeah, I've listened to you through the week, through the last seven days, uh, and I want to get to this thing. You know, you was asking me about the vibes you was getting last week. Yeah. And you was like feeling this and that and whatever. Oh, I don't. So, I you, don't. I don't want to draw a connection between me feeling vibes last week and this. I don't think there's any connection between that, Carly. I, d- I don't want to. I don't want to stray into the mystical tonight. I think that would be. A, okay. I, I think that would be a little bit tasteless. All right. Well, I was wondering whether it might be, and I just no. You know, I just needed to. No. 
Because you may have felt something coming. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so, Colin. Thank you for the call. I don't think so, and I, I don't. I don't want to stray into the mystical today. I'm, I, I want to deal with the facts, and I, I want to deal with deal with your feeling. Deal with. I want to hear your feelings. We we have got some. Um, I, I, I think we've got some really good, unique guests coming up. We said we've got a social media expert. We've got uh, an interview with um, uh, Laura Harding, which we pre-recorded. She was kind of locked into Whitehall all day, and we were speaking to her just as she was being released. Um, and we've got um, Professor Sir Kerry Cooper. We've got some really good guests. If you want to stick around, you'd be welcome. If you don't, you don't have to. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Um, this is Ian Lee. We're doing a slightly different show. We're, 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 I'll, I'll tell you what's happening after the news. Across the UK, online and on DAV. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I said I, uh, I'd share my story. We, we, we're going to be talking about this all day because it's um, rightly or wrongly, that's what the bosses have asked me to do. And and uh, uh, you know, here's the. I, I got a phone call from my boss saying, Ian, you don't need to come in today. And I went, whoa, 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 why is that? He said, well, because we, we're going to do a rolling news, sto- news show. And I said, well, hang on a second. I can do a rolling news show. And boss said, would you want to? And I said, let me have 10 minutes. Let me have 10 minutes to think about it. Um, and I phoned Kath up and I went, we can do this, can't we? She went, yeah, of course we can do it. I went, and I phoned boss up. I said, no, boss, actually, no, I think, I think it's important I come in. I think it's important that I come in. Um, and so the b- boss has, has, has let me come in and has entrusted me to do this kind of show. And, um, while I personally, I think that everyone's ready for a, for a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh, I'm going to respect him because he's my boss, you know, and some, here's the thing, guys. Sometimes other people know better than me. Oh, imagine, imagine. So we're going to do the show, but looking at today's events, but we're going to do it in a way that I think you will agree is kind of uniquely me and is uniquely the show that me and Kath uh, and Ed put together. I said I'd share my story of, of, of today. It isn't really much of a story, but I'll, I'll tell you my experience of today. I was in London today, which I'm not always in London in the day. Not Now we've moved out of London. Very rarely, in fact, am I actually in the centre of town um, during the day. And... Um, I was meeting Will Storr. Remember Will Storr, who wrote The Heretics and um, Will Storr versus the Paranormal? Unexplained. Anyway, he's got a new book out called Selfie. And so I met him for lunch at one. And uh, he gave, very kindly gave me a new copy of his book. And he was all very self-deprecating, going, I don't know if it's any good. I don't. And we had a really nice lunch. We had a really good chat. Really lovely, lovely man. Very genuine man. And I, and we'd had our, didn't have our phones with us because we, we'd left our coats hung up. Thing. So we didn't have our phones. Didn't know what was going on. So I, um, came out of where we were. And I misremembered this actually. I talk about this a little bit when, with the interview with, um, Professor Kerry Cooper. And I misremembered it actually. I said my wife told me about it. It, it wasn't. I tell you, I, I'll, I'll read you the email that told me, because I came out and it was quite a nice sunny day, it had been raining, um, and there was, um, oh, where was this? Let me just read, um, here we go. Got an email from Dredge, right? And Dredge is, is, is a caller to the show. I'd, I'd say we've kind of become friends. Um, and we're talking about a, f- a few ideas we've got together. And he, he quite often um, has, 
he doesn't write an email, but he'll put what he wants. He'll put like a short sentence as the subject. And it said, oh, blimey, dot, 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 you were saying dot, 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 question mark, hashtag parliament. And I thought, what does, um, what does that mean? That's weird. And so I went onto Twitter and I looked at the news thing. It used to be called Moments. I don't think it's called Moments now. Um, and I saw what had happened and I texted Catherine because, um, I knew that she'd be coming into London. I said, have you seen this? And then I texted my wife and I said, oh, no, then my wife texted me actually. That was it. She texted me saying, have you seen what's happened? And, um, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to, to my wife, I said, should I, should I go there? I was in Oxford Street. Now, for those of you who don't know London that well, Oxford Street, Oxford Circus, it's about four or five stops to get in that region. Um, where we are now, we're in South London, and we're about 1.2 miles away from it. It's a 25-minute walk to the bridge. I know, because I looked on Google Maps. But in Oxford Circus, I, and I said, should I go there? And I started walking to the tube. And my wife said, no, 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 no. I said to Catherine, should I go there? They went, no, 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 don't be stupid. Don't go there. And I got on the tube. It's the Bakerloo line. And I had to go north to go to Edgware Road to get my car. And I had to go south. South would have taken me close to that area. I can't remember what station it was. Embankment, maybe? And um, and I got on the tube. And I headed south. I headed south towards the incident. What what time was the incident? About 2.45, something like that. This was, this was just before 3 o'clock. So... 15 minutes, let's say, after the event. And I got on the tube. And because you can get, um, I've just discovered you can get Wi-Fi on the underground now. You get free Wi-Fi. And so I was checking the thing. And I was looking at the woman next to me. And she was sending a, a, a WhatsApp to a friend. And I was reading her WhatsApp messages. And um, a friend of hers saying, um, I've just heard what's happened in Westminster. Are you okay? And she was replying, yeah, I am okay. It's happened right next to where we normally have a meeting, but today we weren't having a meeting, so we're just, we're just coming home now. And, and I got to Embankment Tube, and I got out. If it was Embankment, I can't remember what it was on the Bakerloo line. And I got out of the train, and I thought, what the, what the flipping hell am I doing here? This is stupid, dangerous, and I'm going to get in the way. What am I going to do? I'm just going to get in. If, if I can get anywhere close to it, I'm just going to get in the way. And I do not know why I head in that direction. It wasn't, um, oh, I want to go and see what's happening. It wasn't that. It wasn't, um, some, and we talk about this with Kerry Cooper. He's a, he's a professor of organize, organizational psychology. Brilliant bloke. And he said, why did you do that? And I don't know. I don't know. I felt compelled to go. To help? Maybe. I think maybe something in the part of my head said, go and help. Logically, and I got to him back when I kind of came out of my thing. Went, well, this is stupid. You know, just go back to near where your car is. Go and have a coffee. And, and, and you know. And so I did that. Um, and that's my story. It's not particularly exciting, but it, that was my, um, that was my kind of it, how I found out about it. And, um, and, 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 and it was weird being on the tube and I was looking at everyone and I was looking at everyone of all different colours, of all different colours. I'll be honest, 
I was looking at brown people more. If I'm completely honest, if I'm completely honest, I was looking at brown people more. And um, I was going to say I'm ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed because that is that is instinctual. That is not instinctual. That is something deep within me. A prejudice, maybe. Maybe a prejudice. I don't know. Um, but I was and I was looking at brown people with bags more. I'm just putting that out there because um, I, I'm trying not. I, I don't feel guilty about that, actually. I don't feel guilty about that. And I guess I bet loads of you have had that as well and felt a little bit ashamed of it. Um, don't feel guilty about it. It, 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 it. That is something that is not logic. That is not that that, that is something deep. That is something in, in the back of your brain that is uncontrollable. OK, that's not you. You are not that. Um, but here's an interest, interesting thing. It turns out, and apparently it was on Sam's show, and I didn't hear it, but one of our regular callers was near the event. Um, and it's Gatford. Gatford. Hello, can you hear me all right? I, I can hear you. Now, you, you, are you, are you back in hospital? Did you come out of hospital? Yeah, um, I, I was in hospital twice this year already, and I was in hospital this time unfortunately having uh my my big toe amputated oh my goodness uh, hang on what why um unfortunately all, all the various bits of times where i've been in hospital they've been dealing with me fighting infection in my yeah, foot yeah and um all the various places it's been going on for six months and um it, it's been ongoing and they've done everything they could but at the end of the day the decision was made that in order to do everything the right way that they oh, amputated my toe on Monday. I'm sorry to hear that. How are you feeling? Uh, surprisingly good. Can I ask uh, you a question? I'm, of course, yeah. Have you got it pickled in a jar? No. Okay. Uh, I was hoping to let you give it away as a prize, but they wouldn't <laughs> let me. <laughs> um, well, but you're um, feeling all right? I feel fine, basically because I'm not in any pain, because I've got something called neuropathy, so I don't feel things in my feet, which right. is yeah, no, I know. here in the first place. So I, I'm not in any pain. And that so will I'm stop fine. the infection spreading, will it? Do they, have, yes, they, have, they got, have they stopped the infection? Yeah, basically Beautiful. they've taken out the infection by taking the bone around the toe. Beautiful. The toe. Well, then, you know, so that's... It's, it's, all, it's, things, all things will be good from now on. Can you... Have, have you been able to stand up? And is your balance the same, minus yeah. a toe? Surprisingly, it is. Um, I've walked to and from, I'm in a little family room that they've got here in the ward, yeah. uh, so as not to disturb the other patients who I'm in a room with. Um, and yeah, I can, I can walk and my balance is fine at oh, the moment. Good for you. Now, well, um, what, is, that, is it St Thomas's Hospital? Yeah, St Thomas's Hospital. I'm on the ninth floor... Where my nephew East Dylan Wing. was born in in, in there, yeah. Uh, Dylan. Yeah, and I, I, know, I, know the, I know the hospital well. Um, so, your, your window looks out on, on, on to where all this happened, does it? Yeah, so basically, I predominantly can see the Houses of Parliament. You can see half of Westminster Bridge. Okay. The other half is sort of hidden round the corner. Yeah. Um, so, as as your the guy, the news guy, was saying, when the driver went north, he was heading away from me. Yeah, and towards um, towards the Big Ben. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, fortunately, unfortunately, didn't see that incident. I think fortunately. I, I, th- I think. Um, I think. You, yeah, yeah. I think you're lucky not to witness that. And I, I first got an alert on my phone. I think I was looking at Twitter at the time, and I was—I put the news on, and there was that very weird moment where what was on the television was happening outside my window, and 
the most bizarre thing was once the helicopter started coming in, mm. I, I could almost go, okay, that's that car I can see there that they're showing on the helicopter. Oh, that's that police officer that I could see there. Gosh. And it became very, very bizarre. I had, I, I've suffered in the past with anxiety, and I, I've kind of linked a lot of that anxiety back to the riots that happened in um, 2011. Yeah. I think because... I was in the middle of Catford when that happened, and a lot, a lot, there was a lot of oh, stuff Catford going on Catford was in there. a terrible state, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and literally I walked past a big branch of a famous sports shore that was ransacked oh, man, uh, as part of it, and on my walking to work the next morning, there were, like, boxes, of sh- empty shoe boxes where people had, like, stolen all the so shoes. You, you, you got anxiety because you didn't get a free pair of trainers from JJB <laughs> Sports? Yeah, they, is that what that is? have my size. That's I was terrified. Gosh, no, no, that must have been terrifying. That must have been absolutely... I mean, were the riots in 2011, six years ago? Yeah, because it was the year before the the Olympics, wasn't it? It was. Because everybody was going off about the fact that, you know, oh, we can't have the Olympics because of the riots. Yeah. Um, And and what... But I think what made me the most anxious around them was I came home and I had BBC News on the telly, I had Sky News on the laptop, I think I even had ITV News on the phone or something. And I sat there and I obsessed on it for six or seven hours i think like most people did yeah and i found myself getting that way again this evening mm. um because it was so close now i have to say the staff here at st Thomas's were incredible not only were they calm one particular healthcare assistant just sat with me for a bit he could tell that i was getting a bit anxious so he just sat with me and he just chatted and we chatted a little bit about what was going on but then we also chatted a little bit about his home country of portugal and where his girlfriend was going out, and or anything. And obviously he couldn't sit there all the time, because obviously he's got a job to do. But any time he got a chance, he came back and said, how you doing, what's going on? And, you know, sort of knew that I was locked into this thing a bit. But And what, but were, you, what were you watching? What, were you watching the telly, your phone, or, or watching out of the window I, more? I, I think I was watching the television more, because obviously they were providing... The, the solid information looking out the window was i think was the worst thing for me because i was imagining it probably and i know it's terrible i was probably imagining 50 times worse than what i actually was going on yeah well yeah um, so i focused on the television a bit at that point though it was very confusing because i think even when i spoke to sam earlier um we still thought possibly it was two different things and that it had happened the wrong way Isn't round. Isn't that interesting? You know, I, because I, I, as I heard the story, that, that I heard the story as um, there had been two cars. A car had driven along the bridge, yeah. knocking people down, and another car had driven trying to get into the entrance of the houses of parliament. That's how I'd heard it. So I was surprised yeah, well, when I finally heard that it was just one car. And, and the way we just. were hearing it in the hospital, again, there was quite a kind of rumour mill through the hospital as well, you know, people saying, hearing different things from colleagues, um, that we thought it was someone had got into the House of Parliament and separately mm. someone was driving their car. Yeah, that's and, what and I do. Um, and, that, and we were kind of very confused and, you know, but it obviously all got sort of straightened out earlier, later. Um, but yeah, and, and we had relatives who were visiting people who were concerned about getting home and concerned about loved ones you know um you know that might have been working there's an a there's the an a and e isn't there at st thomas's because we we drive past oh, i drive past it on the way yeah. home from work and you often see ambulances so i would imagine that some of the poor souls that were um were, well, we, were, were physically affected by about, the attack would have would have come in there when they were saying there was about 20 people in we, they were being told that about three quarters of them were here 
and that some had been airlifted. We saw the air ambulance so, yeah. land. Yeah. Uh, that was that was kind of one of the first. Major, I mean, obviously, we, I mean, it's still. It's what's the weirdest thing now is I'm, I, I'm I can't look out there now, but when I go back to my room, at Westminster Bridge is empty. Yeah, and that. It, oh, there were bits of, of London. The there were bits of London t- this afternoon that were not empty, but I mean, I was I was driving trying to get here, and yeah. there, some of the roads that were nowhere near as busy as, as as they would normally be at five o'clock. Then, of course, you, you you come over to to the other side of town where the bridges are open, and and it was it was a little bit chocker. Uh, Gatford, you're right. Is it, I'm, I'm imagining this has unsettled you, um, uh, yeah. uh, partly. Well, it's, it's, un, it's unsettled the country, but also because you know you were literally just down the road from it. I think I think uh, this, this isn't hasn't been a red letter week for me. Let's put it that way. Yes, yes. Um, and 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 but I think again, it, and and I I, I reconnected with a, a gentleman this week. I, I uh, two weeks ago I came to Guy's Hospital for an appointment, and someone that I knew that was sort of in the same ward and area as me was shivering and shaking, and I could see that he was suffering. Yeah. So I convinced him to go up to his appointment early rather than sitting in the canteen and waiting for his appointment. And I got him up there, and we got him up there, and he collapsed when he was there, and he was taken into A&E. And I saw him yesterday. Unfortunately, he's worse off than me. Mm. Um, And that gave me great perspective. And I think today has given me perspective that when I heard about, and they're now saying five people, and and, and it's likely to rise, it gave me that perspective that I think I was lacking on Monday and now have an abundance. Gatford, you're a good soul. Um, go and have a good, good, uh, good night's rest, and we'll speak again soon, mate. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you very much indeed. Um, we, listen, we're going to have a break because I'm late for the breaks. Then when we come back, we're going to play out a little five minute thing that I recorded with someone. I'll introduce it and tell you who it is, and then Tracy and then Matt, and we've got another couple of things that we've recorded, and and, and more of your calls if you want. We're not doing a hateful show. We're not doing a finger pointy show. We're not going to do an angry show. Plenty of time for that tomorrow. Um, from other people. Um, I just want to know how you're doing. Is that right? 0344 499 Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Okay, so, um, people in radio, they like to get experts on, and they like to get, you know, how do you become an expert? And I loved it when I introduced our first guest. If you missed it at the top of the hour... Absolutely fascinating blokes, bloke called Simon Trundle, and I uh, in, uh, introduced him as um, a counter-terrorism expert, and he said, well, I'd, I've worked in it for 30 years, but I wouldn't call myself an expert. I thought, boom, absolute boom, not an inappropriate word, but I thought, perfect, perfect. People in radio like experts, and um, I, I, Kath has played a, a, absolutely brilliant today, with other members of the team, it has to be said, who've stuck around and come in later, to, to, to get people on the show that aren't the usual suspects you know that aren't towing quite often when there is a a, an incident and and i'm not losing fact sight of the fact that today something horrible happened in london horrible um and who knows who's listening maybe some of the families that have been affected one way or another you know directly or indirectly might be i I don't know and I, i have nothing but but sympathy and, and, oh, you know, imagine that. You go to work one day and, and, and someone doesn't make it back. Your husband doesn't make Whatever. Awful. You know. <laughs> Attacking kids. You know, there were kids. That was the thing that got me when it was like, it was uh, French school kids. Oh, God, kids. 
you know, tough guy in a Jeep, Land Rover, driving at kids. You know, that's what we're up against. Incredible. Um, but you'll quite often sit here the same name. You'll hear and hear and see someone on BBC, then you'll see them on Sky, and then you might say these people. There, you know, these people that. Go- so Catherine and, and 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 other members of the talk radio team have, have worked really hard to come up with um, some people that you might not have heard before. Some people that might have a slightly different take on things. Some people that might um, we can talk about something that, that, that's kind of loosely connected but isn't about the specific event um, and we've got a couple of really interesting people coming up later on i promise you but um we did record a chat and this was recorded at five to eight um with uh, uh, um, a woman called laura harding who is a correspondent at the press association now she was in whitehall when um the attack took place and was um therefore locked in when they had the lockdown she was part of the lockdown so she works a press association or a kind of a news outlet um and she was in that building and it was locked down and we spoke to her at five to eight just as she was being told just as she, she wasn't even told just as people were starting to leave the building so we've got her just as she was leaving the building and um well, I thought she was really interesting. So this is uh, me speaking just before eight o'clock to Laura Harding, who's a correspondent at Press Association. Laura, I, I, where exactly are you and where were you when the incident happened today? I'm currently being evacuated from the Houses of Parliament. We've been held there for about six hours. So I'm finally getting out. I was actually inside a committee hearing when it all happened and got kind of caught up in the evacuation when they started moving everyone into the central lobby so so how did you find out about it did you did did did, did you hear about it or did what happened well i was actually um sitting upstairs outside a committee hearing room um, when my colleague messaged me to ask if i was okay and it actually been completely um, under the radar we had no idea anything had even happened wow. until people started asking us about our whereabouts um, there were no sirens or alarms or anything like that and it was only yeah when people started checking up if we were all right that we heard anything was even a myth. And then, and then, how, was there kind of a murmur amongst people going, "Have you seen this? Have you seen what's happening?" How did, did or did someone come in and say, "Guys, we need to move you"? How do, how do those things work in there? Well, we went downstairs to investigate, and there were just hordes of people being ushered along the corridors. Obviously, the everything's very ornate and stately, so mm. you're used to people kind of moving kind of quietly and slowly and being very kind of serious and murmuring. And this was just absolute like rabbles of people being yeah. kind of shifted through into the central lobby. Now, it was I, a very big kind of grand room with a very high ceiling, and it was absolutely rammed with people mainly on their phones trying to find out what's going on. Now, I should say that we are we are recording this at, at five minutes to eight, and people will be listening to this a little bit later on in the evening. So you have been in the same place for the entire time, then? I was in the central lobby for probably about three hours, and then they moved us into Westminster Hall, which is the very, very big grand kind of stone building when you first come in to the House of Parliament. It's where Winston Churchill was made in state. It's this massive room, and we joined another group of people who'd been held somewhere else, and there was saw Jeremy Hunt in there, a lot of kind of Gosh. politicians in there, a lot yeah. of journalists who have offices in the House of Commons there as well. How, how many would you say were there? Probably about 500, but it could have been more. 
And what was the mood like? I mean, was it were, were people scared? Was it were, were people? What was going on? Lord of Dunkirk spirit, to be honest. A lovely security guard gave me a sandwich. People were sharing <laughs> phone charges, biscuits. Everyone was kind of sitting on the floor, just, you know, cracking on with it. Obviously, a lot of people on their laptops, on their phones, still trying to carry on with their work. Yeah. But in general, I mean, a bit of grumbling, obviously, because we were there for a very long time. Yeah. But in general, kind of quite a lot of camaraderie. And were you given in any information? Were there, were there police in there with you that were, that were letting you know what was going on? Only really in terms of how long we might be there. You could be here for an hour and a half, you could be here for another hour, it could be another 10 minutes. It was always much longer, obviously, than we first thought. Yeah. And, um, but in terms of what was going on outside, just that they told us it was a security incident, so obviously we were getting all the information yeah. from outside sources. And did they tell you why they'd kept you in there for so long? What, what they were looking for? The concern was mainly that there were witnesses in among us. I actually chatted to a couple of boys who were eyewitnesses to what happened outside and then were ushered back inside to the lobby where we were being held. So what they were keen to do was to make sure that anyone like that who had witnessed the attack didn't slip through the net and they could get everyone's evidence from them. When you say boys, how, how old were they? I'm only saying boys because I'm terribly old. They're in their twenties. <laughs> oh, well done. Yes, I would. I would have said young girls as well if they'd been in their twenties. Well, I'm terribly old as well. Um, and and so you, it's it's now just coming up to eight. You've been in there all afternoon. Uh, who came in and told you you could go home now? Well, they said about an hour and a half ago you'll be here for at least another hour, an hour and a half. And then just suddenly people started shifting, not towards the exit, but towards the door that goes back into the central lobby. And then kind of without really any announcement at all, suddenly everyone started kind of shunting through. And then we went down into the basement and kind of sat out through the exits down there. Yeah. Um, uh, And how do you think from from your unique, well, unique, there were 500 other people there, but fairly unique um, position and perspective, Mm -hmm. how do you think it's all been handled? I would say as well as you possibly mm. can do in that situation. I mean, you've got a lot of people moving very quickly, a lot of moving parts. I think probably the only thing you can do is try and keep them contained as long as possible yeah. just to make sure that everyone's safe and also that crucial pieces of information aren't lost as everyone scatters the wind. I think in this instance, things are moving so quickly and you don't know how many people are involved that you just have to lock things down until you have a better picture. Uh, and are you going straight home, or are you off for a, for a quick drink? I think I might have to get... It all happened through lunchtime. They so might have to get some lunch and a glass of wine, to be honest. Well, I, you know, I, I think you deserve it, you know, and I, it, it's, it's nice to hear people laughing after what's been a, a horrendous day. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, a safe journey home. No, sure, thanks so much. Thanks, Laura. Um, I do like it how people of a certain, and when she said, I, was, I spoke to some young boys and she said, well, they were in their twenties. Um, she was, um, absolutely lovely. Uh, and I, I enjoyed that chat. She said, I did enjoy it because it was really interesting to get a, a unique perspective of someone involved there. Uh, that was Laura Harding, who's a correspondent at Press Association. Um, we've got more, more guests and got your phone calls and I can see Tracy and Matt are queued up and we'll, we'll come to them straight after this. But, um, this is how we're doing the show tonight. We're going it, to, it's a big story and, um, you know, the power that be think that we should continue talking about it and, and I, I, that's what we will do but we're, we're going to do it in a unique way I, I, I don't want to create hate I don't want to point fingers I, you know 
people have, 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 have got one less place at the table to set this evening in some homes. And I think that's just the saddest thing. And, 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 and children, visitors to this country, children, you know, uh, have been seriously injured. And um, we don't know anything about the bloke that did it. We don't know his name. We don't know his religion. We don't know anything. All right. So now is not the time to... Um, create more anger now is the time to kind of huddle around the fire and and swap stories that's what we need to do so i I don't want your what do you think happened i don't want your who do you think did it i don't want your should we arm police i don't want any of that because that we won't achieve anything with that we're limited with what we can achieve anyway i just want to know how you're doing that's it how you doing after today it's been a lousy day um you all right? 0344 499 1000. Tracy Matt, I'll come to you after this. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Everybody as well that was tuning in, because we, we, we did say we were going to have Joe McGrath, and it is a McGrath, I know, because his son left an answer phone message. Uh, Joe McGrath, who, who worked with Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan and directed one of my favourite films, The Magic Christian, um, He's, he's, he, obviously we, we, obviously we, we bumped him. Um, and actually he was in town today and he just wanted to get home. Um, completely understandable. He's 88 next Tuesday. He, he will come in. I'm going to speak to his son, Dan, um, probably on Friday and hopefully we can sort something out for next week. So that, that, that will happen. We, you haven't missed, uh, Joe McGrath. Um, Tracy's on the line. Evening, Tracy. Evening, Ian. How you doing? You're right. Yeah, feeling lousy after today, but you know. Tell me, tell me, tell me, uh, tell me why? Why? Why are you feeling lousy? Well, I made like gaffer and loads of others suffer slight, well, anxiety. Yeah. Um, I met a friend on Facebook through a cat website. Well, through a cat Facebook page. Yeah. And I plucked up the courage last year to go to come to come down to London and meet up with her. Yeah. Brilliant day, fantastic weather. Subconscious, well, I say subconsciously, but as we was going around London, I thought that happened there. You know, mm-hmm. things that have happened. Like we went past Russell Square. I thought, yeah, oh, that name rings a bell. Yeah. Um, we went on London Eye. We went to London Dungeon. Had an absolutely fantastic day. Um, I'm due to go again this year for a day and meter. Now I'm just worrying about whether to go or not. Nah. I know, I think... Nah, I mean, listen... in the same place, because uh, we wanted to go to the Sea Life Centre, which is right by where everything's happening today. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tied my memories of... I'll be thinking, well, that happened here. Well, I don't... I I don't... I I do understand what you mean. And listen, I'm not going to tell you what to do, because that is not my position, and everyone should make their own decisions. But, but, but... Oh, by the way, you've just reminded me, people were stuck in the pods of the London Eye... For, yeah. for the whole event, for hours. Um, yeah. and, and listen, I've been in the pods in the London Eye. It is, it, they Fantastic. are, they are, they are incredible. And it, it, it's not, if you've not been in there, um, it, it's not as bad, for example, as being stuck on a broken roller coaster. It's not, you know, it's a very safe, secure pod. But I would not want to be stuck in there for three or four hours. Um, yeah, well, I, I surprised myself going on the London Eye. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's a great, it's a great old trip. It's a great old trip. In fact, I'm doing it with me and Kath are doing it next week on Monday. If it's open, we're going to go on the London and I, you know, I've got to book tickets and stuff. Um, yeah. But um, I'm going to drive home through London tonight, 
and my wife is going to work in London tomorrow, and I'm going to drive into London tomorrow, and on Saturday, I've not talked about this with my wife, I assume she's fine with it, I'm sure she will be, on Saturday, I'm bringing um, my children into London to see a play, uh, not not to see a play, we, I'm, I'm taking them, get this, Tracy, a friend of mine, um, Mel, sort me out some tickets, right, I'm taking the boys to see, the what are they called? The, the Yamatamo Japanese Drummers. And it's, um, it's on in the afternoon. It's a matinee. And it's, it's a show where it's loads of Japanese blokes just pounding the life out of some drums. And, and that's going to be in a oh, theatre. That's going to be fantastic. And, um, and I'll check with my wife and, and I'm, I'm, I suspect that she will be fine with it. And we will come into London on when, uh, on Saturday. And, and we'll do that. You know, it, it, my thinking yeah. is, I was talking to this about Andy, with Andy Goldstein. My thinking is, don't hold me to this. Straight after what is being called a terror attack is probably the safest time to, to, to be in in a, in not only London in any major town or city in this country because um, the security you know the the, the 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 people working in the shadows the good guys working in the shadows will be monitoring yeah. everything the police will be and I've gone beyond I don't get uncomfortable when I see coppers walking through the streets with with you know the, they get those big machine guns don't make me uncomfortable anymore it used to but now I just think right fair play no they know what they're doing I feel safe having those those guys there yeah um, but so I had such a fantastic day yeah last year when I went I mean it really took me all my colleagues to travel on, tra- on the train from Birmingham down to London on my own with, with my anxiety. And yeah. I thought, yeah, I've done, I've done it, you know. And going around London, it was it's a beautiful city. I wish I, I, you know. Oh, it's one of the best. I, oh, it's one of the best. Don't, here's my, here's what I will suggest, Tracy. Don't let it retrospectively ruin a wonderful day that you had last year. Because the two events, the, 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 what happened today and your trip to London last year, they are a lifetime apart. It's like people who said, oh, yeah, Rolf Harrison... Yeah, on the news as well. Yeah, I know, you, you, I know. You think to yourself, well, I've walked out of that bridge. Yeah. I've been past Big Ben. Oh, I've, well, I've, I've, I've driven... the embankment. I've driven over that bridge um, a thousand times. I've walked over it slightly less. I've I've walked along... That stretch of road with my children several times, cu- a couple of times, w- with the last two times we came to see the London Marathon. Um, I, I, I bring yeah. my boys into town to watch it and we walked along there. Um, and, 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 um, another thing, what, what, what upset me as well was, um, all them children being led out, out of the houses of Parliament. You know, you, yeah, yeah, because they were, they were, they, on, they were locked in there. I didn't see them, but they were locked in there. They were singing. They were singing yeah. when they were in there. And it makes you wonder how will they remember? Oh, we went to London for the day. Well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. And interestingly enough, again, I speak to we, we've got a psychologist coming on, right? He's he's brilliant. He's not only a professor, he's a sir, right? And um, we recorded it earlier, and we talked about that about um, uh, uh, about kids that were were infe- uh, infected, kids that were affected and involved. We'll play the the bit with Kerry Cooper in a minute, actually, after the next break, because he's he's good if the timings work. Um, and um, we talk about that, and we t- we talk about the kids, and 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 the parents and the teachers have got a bit of work to do there. 
a bit of work to yeah. do there to, to yeah. make those kids feel safe. The, pa- the parents have been sat at home watching yeah. it on the news. Oh, thinking, oh well, yeah. Kids have gone there today. I'm sure. And the parents and the teachers have got they, they've got to do some excellent teaching and some excellent parenting now. But I, I, yeah. I'm sure those kids will get the, the love and attention. And I'm sure they'll be monitored as well by the school. And, and if yeah. they need any extra help, they'll get it. I'm sure they'll get it. Yeah, but because that's what we do. It's nice to hear things from a different perspective, if you know what I mean. I do. Tracy, listen, I'm going to move on. Matt, I'm going to come to you in a bit, um, but I, we're going to take a break, and then I, I do want to get in this, this this Carrie Cooper thing. Have we got time to do it before the... Before, let, let's, go, let's go to the break. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, let me quickly speak to Matt. Matt, we've got a couple of minutes, and then we're going to play the interview that I did uh, uh, earlier on with um, a psychologist. Uh, uh, Matt, what, how are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, I, I, you know, maybe um, this call isn't wanted because, um, you know, not wanting to point fingers and stuff. But um, just think about what you said about certain people trying to point fingers and create division and stuff. I, I've noticed. And I think really for the first time today, and again, this is me being a bit slow on the uptake, is a lot of people from a certain side of the political divide, you know, like to use the words um, snowflake and libtard and all this sort of thing. But what I've noticed particularly today is how utterly terrified these people are, how utterly terrified they are of of these imagined enemies that they perceive to be coming out of the woodwork. And they're the ones that cast these words around that, you know, create... These words like fake news, when yeah. they've named somebody today who may well, or may not be. Well, Channel f- in fairness, it was Channel Four. I think were one of the first um, news organisations well, to, to wrongly it. name the person. A lot of people on Twitter had yeah. latched onto that name before but that. I, he was brown and had a beard. Well, and, you but know, I, just, I saw that Channel Four had announced it, and I, I. I believed it. I believed it. I googled the fella. Uh, and yeah, it will do because that's that's what the news does. But that's how these fake news stories get out. Is that you know that they they have a a, a patina of uh, of uh, verifiability. Channel Four should have and, done better. Channel Channel yeah, Four really so. missed the mark on that. Well, look, I mean, it may still turn out to be that they were right, but well, no, the fella the fella they named is in prison, so they were wrong. You know, uh, so a, 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 a very still being in prison. I, I believe so. You know, yeah. I, I believe so. I mean, he's going to be very rich, though, isn't he? You know, and he he is. Um, well, a, a, I don't know. Yeah, no, he's not. Well, no, he's not. He's, he, well, maybe, but he's still no. going to get a lot of publicity that he didn't otherwise well, need or deserve. I don't know what you, I don't know what what your point is. My point is that that. that <sighs> You know, when something like today happens, there's an automatic gut reaction from people on, on all sides of the political spectrum to yeah. just jump in and point fingers and create division. And you know, saw people like Tommy Robinson turning up outside the House of well, Parliament mm. and flinging his way This is. This I don't is, understand why. No. Why that ha- has to be no, the case? No, and I don't. And I and I I just I'm I'm deliberately trying to avoid naming names as well. But Matt, I, I appreciate your call, but I, I just don't think for tonight for this show that that's kind of where I want to go. Um. Someone suggested we get Tommy Robinson on the show. I said, that ain't never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. Um, okay. So, um, I'll say, Catherine and, and various other members of the team, this was Catherine's brilliant idea, was to get a gentleman that we used to speak to a lot when I was uh, when we worked at the BBC, a bloke called Professor Sir. He's a Sir. Kerry Cooper. He's the Professor of Organisational Psychology and Health at MBS Manchester University. Uh, he would have come on live, but he was um, getting a flight to, um, to Brussels, I believe. And... Um, Really, really interesting guy. Got his head screwed on. Certainly isn't one to to to, to jump up and down. Uh, and I kind of well, I, I I started off by sharing with him 
the story that I shared with you about how I reacted and how I found myself on a tube heading towards where the incident had taken place. And, and, and we tried, we scratched our heads a bit to see if we could come up with something. This is, this is uh, what we talked about. Ah, Kerry, can you hear me? I can hear you fine, Ian. Thank can you, you believe tonight? Yo, thank you so much um, for coming no, on no short problem, notice. No, no problem, mate. Absolutely. Uh, we just, I just wanted to kind of pick your brains a little bit, Kerry, about sure. um, some of the things that I felt happening to me and, and, and how it might affect other people. First things first, um, I was in town today, rarely. I'm rarely in town these days, but I was in Oxford Street. Mm-hmm. Not that far from where it happened, but far enough. Yep. And my initial reaction when I heard about it was I had to get on the tube, and I had to get on the tube to go north to go and get my car. And instead of going north, I got on the tube and I went south towards where the incident had happened. Now, I knew I couldn't do anything. I knew that um, I wouldn't be allowed near it. But I felt this compulsion, Carrie, to mm. head towards it. And I wondered if that was... I, I wondered if there was an explanation for that. You wanted to be there, did you? You yeah. wanted somehow to be near there. Yes, I did, and I don't know like, why. It was sort of like, in a strange sort of way, emotionally communing with all the incident and what, what happened to people. And yeah. yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's unusual because I think the natural response... So my wife just went down to London. She just called me up. I said, I, I said do you hear what's happened? Because she was on the train. She yeah. says, no, tell me, and I told her. So she went in a, in a taxi rather than going in a tube, because she was frightened of being in a tube, because she yeah. thought anything could happen in the tube. Yeah. But your reaction is, is, is an, an interesting one. But I think it's about, um, I'm not, it, it's, it's wanting to be there, the, emotionally wanting to be mm. there, but at the same time, it's kind of making a statement. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to let this change me. There was an element of that. Once I got to the station, I, got, I, I didn't come out of the station. I got off the train and went, this is, hang on a minute, this is crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head back. It it's, is crazy. Because, I mean, it's yeah. not rational. No. It? But we're not talking about rationality in circumstances like this, are we? Yes. What do you, why do you think you did? What, what's your explanation for your behavior? That's a good question. Um... I, I, I do not know. I felt that I somehow wanted to contribute to the situation. And but, I can't be any more specific than do, that. But, but psychologically, you felt you wanted to contribute. Yeah, yeah. Now, I can understand that. I think a lot of us do that. When there is something that happens, it, it, it drives you emotionally, and you want to do something, even if you can't do something. Mm. And maybe just being there, you feel, is doing something. Mm. And in a way, it is doing something. If a lot of, you know, like tomorrow, if a lot of people turn up around the House of Commons and don't avoid it, in a way, it is doing something. Um, It's interesting you mentioned your wife um, reluctant to go on the tube. And again, I get that. I I, I was on the tube and I did feel, um, I felt very nervous. I remember um, after the attacks in 7-7... Yeah, I didn't go on the tube for for about ten days, and uh, and the first time I did, I was nervous. And today, I was nervous, and I was looking around. I don't know what I was looking for, but I was looking around, and my senses were heightened. That that's that that must be very common. And I wondered kind of how long after an incident like this that effect continues. I think it will continue for a while, uh, but not long. Mm. We have very short memories, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Only when another incident occurs. 
you know, it's been a long time since we've had the, the last incident. Mm. And only when it occurs again, I mean, it depends how repetitive it is. I mean, if, if we get more of these over a period of time, then that will institutionalize it in a sense in your psyche. Mm. But it won't, it won't last that long. But I remember at 9-11, I was in a meeting at the top of Centerpoint, would you believe? Wow. The day after mm. or the day or two days after. And you know what? Nobody concentrated in the meeting. Everybody was, you know, at the looking, airplane, they were looking out the window. Yeah, everybody. We we just decided to cancel the meeting. There was no point. Nobody could concentrate. But there is something in in in, in the human psyche or the mind or whatever it is that 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 uh, we get past that eventually. We have to get past that eventually. You don't have to we? do that in life. You have to get past. That's that's a coping strategy, isn't mm. it? I mean, otherwise, how do you live? Mm. But by the way, there are some people who never get over it. There'll be people who say, I'm never taking a tube yeah. after what happened in King's Cross, right? Yeah. There's no way I'm going to ever take a tube again. And they'll always go on, you know, on, on buses or cabs or whatever. And, um, but, but to survive, I think, the, if you're going to adapt and cope, you can't just, you can't just avoid things in mm-hmm. life. You have to confront them, and and that is life. Life is vulnerable. Uh, Tonight on the show, Kerry, we're not going to... I don't want any people, you know, kind of guessing as to what happened and guessing who it was. I want to deal with the facts. I want to deal with human stories. So so some of what we're going to talk about will be a little bit abstract. But people who have witnessed a traumatic event like this... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and uh, who have, have seen something horrific happening... Um, what what can they do? I get what kind of help is there for these? Well, people? you want to hear something interesting yeah. because when they're you know you know about post traumatic stress, yeah. right? That it comes back later, something triggers it, and so on. Mm. And they used to think that the best thing to do is give people counseling immediately, right? Yeah, uh, it's almost uh, uh, a prophylactic, as it were, right? For, so that it won't happen, you know, that it will protect you if you get counseling before you actually experience the negative emotion, the heavy and negative emotion yeah. later on. And then a lot of research has, has indicated that actually you shouldn't be doing that. Oh. That what you should do is give it to them when they need it, because when they need it, maybe two, three weeks, a month later. And well, that it, it's not effective to just do a blanket counseling. Unless at that moment in time, they're not coping. Yeah. So, for example, did you notice it was 100 and some odd kids came out of Parliament, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, they, there'll be a number of kids who will be frightened by that, mm-hmm. particularly when you're talking seven, eight-year-olds, right? Yeah. So what, you're, what you really should be doing is offering counseling, but not doing a blanket counseling of everybody. Right, okay. So those people who can't cope get the counseling, who are having real trouble putting it together, particularly per, perhaps young kids. Mm. But making sure that, and this is, this is for the relatives, making sure that if you see anything unusual in your partner, relative, or whatever, friend, over the period of weeks or months after, make sure that they then go get counseling mm. when, when the post-traumatic stress reappears. And it and it can and it does. And what what impact can that have on someone? We know that there are that you know that there um, uh, were several French children that were were, were very seriously injured, and their yeah. friends would have seen that. What 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 kind of impact? You know, can, what can the symptoms be? How can they react in, in when you, it kicks in? You mean in? you mean the people who've witnessed? The yeah, the people who have the people who have seen it happen. Them. It'll make them feel insecure. No question about it. 
And those kids are going to need help download. It may be now. It may be in a few weeks. But the parents or, or, or the teachers or whoever were watching after the kids better be conscious of their behavior over the next given weeks or months. Mm. It will affect them. I mean, come on, particular, uh, human beings, uh, you know, crave to some extent stability and security. And, and when something like this happens out of the blue, it disrupts your whole concept of safety. Mm. Is there... Um... I've got two boys who are seven and five, and um, I will do my very, very best to make them blissfully unaware that this event has happened, as I think they are too young. But, 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 supposing that, you know, a, a, a kid comes in and watches, you know, mum and dad are watching the TV and they see this, or they, they'll probably see it on the front page of the newspapers tomorrow. Yeah, they it, will. Yeah, it, it, it is, and I'm not going to, you know, hide that bad things happen in the world, but is there a... A good, a good, as I, I say, know, good way. A good way of dealing it with them. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not an educational psychologist. No. For me, what I would do is I wouldn't try to avoid it because guess what? They're going to talk. They're going. They're going to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. They may not watch it on television. They may not see the newspapers. Maybe they're too young. But maybe friends of theirs will talk about it at school. Mm. Right. I mean, I, I think you just they have. I think kids have to be exposed to it but that you talk about it. Mm. You know what I mean? That you let them ask questions. Yeah. What do you think about that, Jackie? You know, what do you, you know, you've just seen that. What do you think, what, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? Mm. And let them come, let, let them talk about it. Because you can't, you can't protect them all, all their lives. And um, it's better, if you try to cover it up, given the multimedia age we live in now, there's no way kids are not going to be exposed to things. I mean, if they're under five, it's a different matter. Yeah, but the, yes. But but most kids are pretty savvy with, with social media and everything else. And um, it's better that somehow they just unwrap it and get it out rather than bury it. Burying your emotions is not healthy. It's not healthy for kids. It's not healthy for adults. Um, and, and, and finally, Kerry, how does this... When there are events like this, there seems to be a real kind of coming together of the country. Do you know what I mean? Everyone yeah. seems to kind of join together in, I don't know, in indignation or anger or, or you won't be, whatever. I wondered why that was, how that happens. Well, we're all, we're all feeling, in a way, we're all feeling slightly insecure, aren't we? Mm. As a result of that, this is going to last for weeks this kind of insecurity, oh, no, we're back there again, are we? Mm. And uh, I think people are just, you know, comforting each other. That's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Mm. Look what happened during the Second World War. Mm. Look how wonderful the country, Britain, came together during the Second World War. And, uh, you know, that is the beauty. I mean, that, in a way, that's, that's the indirect benefit of, of these horrible events is that people do come together. And you know what? You realize, in a sense, don't you? Mm. You contextualize. You realize life is a one-act play. We're all very vulnerable. In a sense, we need one another. Mm. And you know, when you're living your daily life and you're going into your studio and back again, and I'm going into the university and back again, you forget about that. You think you're going to live forever. You think everything is going to carry on exactly the same way it did yesterday. And it doesn't. From time to time, life rears its ugly head. Kerry, I appreciate your time. Have safe travels this evening, and hopefully we'll speak again on a, on a slightly happier subject I next time. I hope so. Thank you, mate. Take care. Thanks. Take Bye-bye. care. Talk radio. He's, um, he's good, Kerry Cooper, isn't he? Really, really interesting guy. We'll get him on again at some point and, and, and do something a little bit frivolous uh, with him. 
Um, 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. We've got Alex, we've got Barry Westwood. Um, maybe you can call in and just, just let me know how you're doing. Across the UK, online and on DAB. He has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, evening dear listener, different show tonight. Um, I'm not going to patronise you by filling in the, uh, the blank. You know what's happened today. It's been an awful, awful day. Worse for, for, for some people and slightly better for other people. Um, but, um, it, you know, we are doing a show where we are talking about the events of today. And again, I'm, I'm not totally sure if that's necessarily the right way to go. But actually, it, well, actually, I was going to say um, pretty much everything that, that, that can be said has been said so far with the information that we have presented to us. But actually, um, we, we have had some cracking guests tonight. And um, and you, dear listener, you 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 have called in, um, have have shared some very human stories, and um, I, I, we're going to spend the last hour. I've got another guest that we spoke to to talk about kind of social media and Twitter's reaction to this um, event and events like it. Um, but we, we, the, again, just in case you have just tuned in and you're expecting the uh, crazy knockabout phone-in show, we're, we're not doing that tonight. But all, also equally, we're not doing. Um, an angry show. We're not doing a, a tub thumping, chest thumping, table thumping, finger pointing show. We're we're not. I am doing my utmost to not spread fear and um, uh, anger. And those are the two things that fuel a lot of radio in this country because because it, it it gets listeners. People like to be scared. And people like to be angry, and they like to be told who to be afraid of and who to be angry at. And I could do that. I could do that act. Oh, I could do it easily. I'd struggle to sleep at night afterwards. I'd struggle to look my kids in the eye um, when they say, Daddy, what do you do? I'd struggle I'd struggle with that. I wouldn't be able to look my kids in the eye, having called, you know, people who are drowning in the ocean cockroaches and things like that. I couldn't do that. And I, I wouldn't be able to sleep well at night by, um, you know, writing tweets that, 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 that suppose what this, who this chap was and how we should all hate people of a certain faith. I couldn't sleep well at night, but I could do it. Oh, I could do it. I could make a fortune doing it. But I choose not to. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to create something that is, um, well, it's, it's been a stressful day, hasn't it? It's been a very stressful day. And um, so let's let's all just try and calm down a little bit. And um, if you were there, I'd love to hear from you. If you weren't there, I'd love to hear from you. How you doing? How's your head? Struggling to get to sleep because of tonight? Or has it not bothered you that much? That's also a fair, legitimate reaction. You know, the, the, uh, I, I talked about how I got on the tube earlier on today and I was slightly wary of people with dark skin. I, and I know, and I, it was, and I was thinking, but I, I was, I was looking up and down the carriage. And if there was someone with dark skin that had a rucksack, I was, thoughts were going off in my head. Isn't that funny? Isn't that silly? Um, it's, it's, it's the fear. And it's not rational. It's not rational. Of course it's not rational. 
Um, but I'm, I'm saying that because I'm sure lots of you will have felt the same thing. And you're not, that doesn't mean you're racist. Not racist. Um, you're not anti-Muslim. You're not anti-foreigner necessarily. Sometimes we can't control our initial thoughts. The first thought, the knee-jerk reaction, can't control it. It's the thought you have after it. It's the second and the third and the, the fourth thoughts. They're the ones that um, you, you've got to uh, pay a bit more attention to. Um, 0344 499 Alex. Evening, Alex. Evening, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right, actually. I'm feeling a lot calmer than I was earlier on. How are you doing? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm nice and chilled now and relaxed and it's all nice. Good. What have you called in for? Well, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to say, because I'm, I'm one of, um, you know, on John Holmes's show, The Big Debate. I'm one of the big debaters. Oh, yes, of course. Well, then I've, I've heard your work, Alex. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Hang, well, hang, hang, uh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that The Big Debate on John Holmes's show, what, he uses stooges? I'm not saying a word. Good. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm one of the rare people that uh, actually is a character quite often. But yeah. Um, but anyway, the reason I'm calling is because we're we're a close knit group and we do listen into each other's big debates. Yeah. I wasn't on today. Yeah. I was on yesterday. Um, but I was listening in and ready for it, and then you know the, the news dropped. Yeah. And then a message came out to say we're dropping everything. Mm. And everyone was like, okay, understandable, absolutely fine. Yeah. And I just, and I just want to say how incredibly impressed I was with John Holmes and Cass, the, the, the producer, yeah. and Cornelius. How they dealt with it was amazing. Go, go, tell, and, and tell me, and don't, and don't be a, a ashamed of heaping praise on him. I, I missed it because I was out and about, I was out in town when he was on, but I read yeah. some really good things about Twitter, and I've, I've mentioned that Sam played a blinder, and I also mentioned a couple of other radio stations. But go on, why was John so good? I knew he would be, because he's brilliant, but why was he so well, good? He, he was just, he was just honest, stern, you know, reporting. Victoria was in every 15 minutes, giving yep. an update. They had calls, um, from, like, experts. Straight in, you know, it was, it was it was just really impressive, and you know, because obviously their their show is very tight, and yeah. you know they know what they're going to do, and the fact that they were just able to just switch just like that and just have this whole thing and dealt with it so brilliantly, it was great. There is a reason that John Holmes is the number, the most listened to show on this station. And it's partly because he's funny and he's doing something that, that, that no one else is doing. But it's also because he's, he's very intelligent, he's very sharp, and he is a brilliant radio presenter. And um, uh, I'm, I'm really pleased, Alex, that you phoned in uh, to acknowledge that. Because there will be... Um, uh, and uh, loads of... The thing about today is loads of people from all different kinds of shows have helped. We've had people help out on our show that we, we don't normally have helping. And I know that loads of people jumped in for John's show and for Sam's show and for James's show. Um, and so everybody has been kind of, um, uh, uh, pulling their weight, but John Holmes is brilliant. You know, that, that's, that's why he's the most listened to show on this station by, by quite some considerable way. And he does it, Alex, without being hateful and obnoxious. Imagine well, that. That's it. I know, I know. It's 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 a gift, isn't it? It really is. It is. I hate him. I hate him for that. I hate him for that. I, uh, well, no, he's, he's a lovely guy. You can't hate him. No, I do. I hate him. He's a he's a sod. I never never liked him. No, I he's do. Short. I love him. He's short. <laughs> he fit me in the pocket. Alex, I'm glad you did that, mate. Thank you very much. No worries, Ian. So I, I, pre- I appreciate that. Yes, no, I, 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 I didn't hear John show, but I did read. Um, I did read quite a few tweets and and and, and Facebook comments and stuff saying. Um, 
he did an excellent show. Isn't it funny? People are surprised when um, um, people who do funny shows can then go and do straight shows. Barry Westwood. Hello, Ian. Yeah, Hello. can I can I just say, in the last uh, two hours, okay. I certainly um, commend everyone, yes. yourself, yes. and your guests, and the callers, and I think it's been dealt with very well indeed. Um, just to agree with what Alex said, um, I was listening today to talk radio um, when the news broke, and it was pretty obvious that it was something serious. We'd had a bit of a shower here, and then it was suddenly beautiful. I was in the garden, I was working away. And the thing, you know, that I deduce from this is just how quickly this horrific sort of event can change a day. So quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, I, I mean, events like this have to be dealt with, Ian. And I think what you're saying is, is totally right. It's not a time for finger-pointing. It's, it's not a time for assumptions. You know, the authorities need to do their investigations. Yes. And yes. no let's, doubt it let's, will all unfold. Let's um, let the police... Do what the and and again, it's got to be said. I think the police were just, you know, on the ball today, on the ball, you know. And it's now, now let's just sit back, let's stop doing the guesswork, let's stop, you know, let's let them find the facts. Let them find the facts. Yeah, I mean, there were some interesting points that the professor made as well. You know that with a regular uh, occurrence of events, you know, you can become institutionalised. Do it. Mm. A little bit probably has happened in the days when we were getting the problems with with Ireland, but because there's been, I mean, it's been happening in other countries, but you know, fortunately for us, up until now, we've not experienced it, and so consequently, you know, the shock factor does hit you, yeah. and that's understandable. Yeah. Um, you sleep all right tonight, though, won't you, Barry Westwood? I shall try my very best, but obviously, you know, our, our thoughts do go out to all the people that have been involved. It yeah. must have been a horrific day for people, not just people who were on the receiving end of it, but people who had to witness this. And, you know, again, um, we're all cynical sometimes about political things and all the rest, but when we do see the emergency services at work, it all it does, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it does make you feel proud to be British, doesn't it? Barry Westwood, thank you very much indeed. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the um, telephone number if you want to give us calls. No more calls lined up. Um, two mics might pop in if they've got a few minutes before their show at one o'clock. Um, they might pop in and just kind of gauge their reaction and let us know about what, I mean, obviously they'll be talking about this. Um, but just give us an idea of kind of what their slant is and, um, you know, maybe the impact that he's had on them. I sh- I've had a couple of American friends. Because one of the good things about the internet, we're going to speak in a bit, uh, uh, I'm going to play uh, an interview I did with Mark Shaw in a little bit, who is um, a social media expert. And we, we kind of talked about Twitter and, 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 and how people react on Twitter to something like this. Um, but one of the joys of, of the internet, and there are a lot of bad points, but one of the, the, the very good things about it is I've got friends all over the world. Friends all over the world. Primarily friends um, who are into the monkeys, which is weird. And primarily women in their 50s and 60s who are into the monkeys. It's the weirdest thing. And the, the, I, I went to America a few years ago to go and see the group. And I was welcomed by all these, you know, these women that I'd never met before. And there was one, there was one woman, I tell you this, lovely lady called Kim. And I was going over to New York to see, I think, one or two shows, one show. And then I realised I could get there in time for another show, but I didn't have a ticket. And I posted, I'm going to be in New York near this venue, about two hours away from this venue. Um, 
don't suppose anyone's got a spare ticket. And she got back in touch. We messaged, you know, she posted on a page I run. And she got back in touch and said, well, my husband's got a ticket for that show, but he doesn't like the group. And he's quite happy for you to have his ticket. And I thought, that's a bit weird. That feels a bit weird. Um, but I did. And I met this woman outside this theatre. And we went and saw the show. And she was absolutely delightful. We had a lovely evening. At the end of the evening, I gave her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Thanked her very much. And I got the... And it was... It was it was brilliant because there was... You know, there was nothing... There was no vibe or anything. It was just someone... A friend online gave me a ticket. And we went and saw a show. And I've had a couple of those these people that I'm friends with, send me messages. Because when these stories like this are reported around the world, terror attack in London. There's been a terror attack in London. And um, to people outside of London, or people who don't know London, or people who live in foreign countries, when you see the headline, terror attack in London, they instantly think that um, everyone that's in London must have heard... The gunshots must have seen the, you know, you know, but people forget that London is massive, you know, it, it can take you two hours to travel from one side to the other side on, on a bad day, you know. So, um, I had a few people get in touch and, um, say, are you all right? Are you near it? Are you near this? And I replied, yeah, no, I'm absolutely fine. Um, and then it dawned on me when I got in, and I, and I did, I did the Google thing. How far away away for, from Westminster Bridge are we now? We're 1.2 miles. That's a 25-minute walk. That's a 15-minute jog. It's an eight minute, it's eight minutes in the car. I'm going to drive, well, I'm going to try and drive down that way to get home tonight. I don't know if I'll be able to. I imagine I'll have to take an alternative route through London. Um, so it is it's kind of just down the road from where we are. Um, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you don't have to. You don't have to. If not, we might. Um, there's a couple of other little bits and pieces in the paper that I, th- I think I, we, we'll, we'll play this interview with with um, this Twitter guy in a minute. We'll, we'll see if the two mics want to come in, but I know they'll be prepping their show. Um, and if none of you want to call in and let me know how today has impacted on you, then maybe we'll gently, we will gingerly, we will tentatively have a look at some of the other um, stories that are in the papers, that, that have been in the papers today. They'll all seem frivolous and, and ridiculous compared to what's happened. And I've not got tomorrow's newspapers, but I just popped next door and I saw the, of course, all the front pages are, are covering this and... Um, I'm going to do my best to try and not let my boys see the front pages because they're all, they're as grim as you can imagine. So um, if you don't think it's too disrespectful, too, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but maybe we'll have a look at some of the other stories that are in um, today's newspapers, Wednesday's newspapers. I get confused with this midnight thing as to what day it is. 0344 499 1000, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee. Unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Trust me, trust me. Tomorrow, radio is going to be very, very angry, okay? And you will be told who to hate. Who is at fault? Who let you down? 
Who dropped the ball? All of these things. You will be told. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that tomorrow night we can do, um, one of our normal shows. That's what I'm kind of hoping. Um, but we, we, we leave it up to the bosses, you know. It was, it was when, when the boss said he wanted this show, um, you know, he's the boss. It, it wasn't a, oh no, oh no, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, if you, I, I disagree, boss, but you're the boss. You know, it's what we do. We do what our bosses tell us. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he, he let me come in and do this, you know, instead of not trusting me and getting someone else in. Um, but hopefully tomorrow we can go back to, to, to doing a, a normal show and obviously updating you if there is any, um, you know, if any news happens tomorrow evening. Um, but, um, I've just lost my train of thought. Okay, I'll, I'll introduce the guest because I had a train of thought and I've completely forgotten what it was. Um, one of the things that, 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 that people like is as experts. We want experts on, on the show. I, I, as a listener, I'm not so convinced. But, as, say, Catherine and, 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 and um, various other members of other radio, uh, the other shows here on Talk Radio, we kind of, uh, they kind of sat down. I had no say in it at all. And um, came up with people that I think are, are, are really interesting and not the usual voices and not the usual names um, won't be telling you the usual thing that you'll you'll hear all over NBC and Sky and and the BBC and you'll see these names and you'll hear them trot out their little lines. Catherine kind of decided to try and come with come up with the list of people who would come from slightly different angle, and I think you'll agree she's she's done absolutely brilliantly. So well done, Catherine. Thank you. Um, the last one we've got. There's another pre-record because it's. <laughs> Here's the thing, I could hear phone calls being made. Yeah, hi, we're, we're from Talk Radio, and I just wondered if you'd like to come on uh, the Ian Lee show tonight. Yeah, sure, what time? Well, it starts at 10. Ah, I'm going to be in bed. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Everyone was going, nah, I'm going to be in bed. I, t- I would come on, but I don't fancy it that late at night. Who in their right mind would come on the radio between 10, at one every, 10 and 1 every weeknight? Or any weeknight? Um, so we, this is why we're playing, um, recorded bits and pieces. Actually, Kerry Cooper would have done it, but he was going to be traveling. Um, and so this next guy is a guy called Mark Shaw, social media guru, expert, um, Twitter, you know, and, and we, we were interested to find out how the pluses and the minuses of Twitter in a situation like today um and you you you, listening back to these interviews i hate listening back to myself but you'll hear me stammering quite a bit and that is because it was literally kath would phone someone up and say uh and that person would say and and, and she i have a little crib sheet as to who the person was and we just go and do it we don't write the interview we didn't sit down a couple of questions she would kind of give me a theme and then we'd sit and talk to someone five ten fifteen minutes however long it lasted and you'll hear me stammering and and it's it's because i'm kind of formulating the questions in my in my mind and trying to find the right words and sometimes sometimes when i'm working like that i get i get in little cul-de-sacs and i can't get out i can't reverse the car out of the cul-de-sac so you'll hear a bit stammering um and i wasn't sure how it would go with this guy with this mark Shaw. well wasn't sure and we recorded it thinking well if it doesn't work if it's a bit dull we won't play it out but actually um i think he was really interesting and he had some really pertinent points uh to make so um this is an interview we recorded uh again it was about quarter to eight i think earlier on this evening um with social media expert mark shaw um mark it's good to talk to you i, w- I was wondering on days like today and events like uh, you know the ones that have happened in london today um 
Is Twitter a good thing or a bad thing? Well, well, here's the thing. I think the first thing to say is that when anything breaks, everyone goes to Twitter. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, you never heard anyone saying, or let's check out Snapchat to see what's breaking in the world. You know what? So, you're you're so spot on because I got a text saying, um, "Are you anywhere near Westminster?" from my wife, and I thought, "Oh, something's happened." And I went I went to Twitter. I went to the moments or whatever they call it on Twitter these days. It's my first port of call. Isn't that interesting? Well, well, exactly. I mean, Twitter has grown up on that. You know, the Hudson plane crash got them on the radar, the breaking news platform, and that's where everybody goes now. So. In that sense, and I swear I started suddenly seeing it, people started reporting what was going on. But then you get sort of two odd things. You get the one where people are saying to people what's sort of going on, and then you get the people who are filming Mm. or tweeting injured people Mm. rather than helping or doing stuff. And I think maybe that is where it's gone a bit wrong. Uh, you're, you're right. I, I, I saw a tweet, and I forget who it was from, saying, if you're nearby, don't film stuff and post it on Twitter. It doesn't make you a journalist. And I, I, I don't follow many people on there, but, 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 even still, I saw pictures that um, I, th- I thought were inappropriate, pictures of, of severely injured people. Um, and I, I was thinking, that that bloke's mum or wife or, 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 you know, daughter or son doesn't know that they're injured yet. There, there should be some kind of um, time. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's confusing, isn't it, Mark? But you know what I mean? Pictures that I thought were inappropriate were appearing well, well, online. Well, exactly, and, and I saw those as well. And I then start to see the people saying, you know, please don't pass on photos. Please don't do that sort of stuff. Um but the, I suppose the problem is, is that we are all journalists now. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and you know, with you know, this stuff didn't happen, Tinnies. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't have cameras, video. You got people live streaming on Facebook and Twitter and so on. We didn't, and to a certain extent, they were all there before the news stations and the general media mm-hmm. got there. Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of glad, in a way, in a nice way. You know, condolences to everyone who's been hurt. I'm yeah. Say that, but. You know, I'm glad that they're there to report what's going on, but we're not trained as journalists. We're not trained in the media, and you're filming people who are being maimed, being injured, being, and their loved ones don't know. So, but I don't know how you control that. And also, in a, it, and I'm, I'm speaking very vaguely about this incident for you know, but but yes. but in, in incidences where where there are people there and they film stuff and post pictures, there's always a strong chance it's going to go to a, a, a criminal case as well and by posting pictures by posting videos that can impinge on court cases can't it well it will it can impinge on that also there's a lot of misinformation yeah uh, and you tend to get people retweeting and sharing things that's wrong that's the wrong information and so on so i think sometimes you know people just need to go how can i help as the first thing what's the best thing i can do ring the police help people who need a hand or whatever yeah next thing Get out of the area so the right, you know, the emergency services can get to where they need to get to, make sure they're safe. And then I suppose if you want to film, then film stuff from the police or film official type things to share correct information. Mm. 
I tell you what was interesting, and I, I, I only saw one, but I'm sure yes. there were others, and you do see lots of these, remember the, the, the Paris attacks, lots of these messages. Um, it was one, again, I don't remember who it was from, saying, um, if you are nearby, if you are in, near the, uh, in, uh, where this incident took place, and you're looking for somewhere safe, we are, uh, it was a shop or something, a theatre okay. or something, and they said, our doors are open, come, you know, come and be safe with other people. And that is one of the good things of, of, of Twitter, isn't it? That, 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 that it, it can create a sense of community. Well, well, well exactly. And I suppose and that's, you've got the good side and the bad side. And the good side is you start to get people opening their doors. Yeah. You get people who are warning of others of something so they can make appropriate measures and so on. Facebook do their emergency response on their website so everyone can say that they're safe. And, and you start to get an outswelling of people helping and so on. I suppose you just, like any community, you then get the idiots who do the complete opposite. Yeah, and also as well, because I've got a very weird relationship with Twitter. It, it, it does, um, again, incidences like this, where we don't know what happened. We don't know what was going on. But it allows um, the, the, the very loud and the obnoxious to put forward their views and their opinions on what may have happened as fact and and you know when it's an incident like this we get a lot of racist and we get yeah. a lot of um, extreme right wing y- capitalizing on the images ca- and, and using twitter to spread that message well and i think that happens probably with any terrorist attack but uh, that well that's well here's the thing about social media mm. you can't control the message mm. you've got people who will spread whatever they wish to spread through it as long as they obey the laws of the land and so on, everyone's going to have a view of what's happened here, what happened in France, what's happened in various other parts of the world. And yeah, they spring and they use it as a platform. You also get brands and businesses who try to hijack what's happened mm. and suddenly start to promote their goods and services. Um, so there's all sorts of people doing wrong things, crazy things. But then there's also great people who yes. have managed to find people because of social media with yeah. pictures and so on. So You're right, Mark, and I don't want this to be one of those, um, you know, I don't like those shows, the dangers of the internet. Why we, No, the internet <laughs> is, is, is generally a brilliant, brilliant, amazing thing. And there are corners and there are people, like in all walks of life, that cast shadows, aren't there? Well, exactly. And I'd like to think, maybe I'm, well, I'm middle-aged now, but I'd like to think there's more good on social media than bad. There's more people that have had good experiences and so on mm. than the bad. But it's always the bad that makes the headlines and makes the stories. That is an excellent line to end on. Mark Shaw, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for Brilliant. having me. Thank you, mate. Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. There's another half an hour of this uh, uh, to go. And uh, we have been talking uh, about the the events that happened in London today. At one o'clock, it's uh, the two mics, Mike Graham and Mike Parry. And um, they're joining me in my studio, which is is weird. I feel strange having... Last time we did this, we were around the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Having two titans of... Radio. It's very harsh, that. <laughs> Sorry, did you say two tight ones? Tight, What's tight, something like that. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. harsh. <laughs> two, yeah. Two tight tight yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, you're going to be talking about this 
Well, I t- do you know what? The, the, the thing is, we're a few hours after yeah. the terrorist incident and the world has already returned to normal. Yeah. You have to accept now, in the modern world, that I'm, uh, the, the terrorist attacks are factored in. Yeah. I was just saying a few minutes ago, the stock market did not shift one blip did it not? on a terrorist attack. Now, no. 25 years ago, when the IRA blew up something on the mainland, the stock market collapsed. Yeah. Because the, the shock and the horror and the fear that society was falling to pieces would reverberate around mm. the business world. Yeah. And it interestingly, the, 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 the contrast between Martin McGuinness's situation, mm. and you know, which we yeah, which we talked about a little bit yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, McGuinness for all of the things that were terrible that mm. he did, and all of the things that were said about him by Norman Tebbit and others, mm. you know, he had a he had a plan. You know, mm. they did eventually become electable. Sinn Féin did eventually get what yeah. they wanted. You there know, was an did, end game. There was an end game. With these sort of bozos who, who yeah. grow up somewhere in a council estate in Britain, having come here as second-generation immigrants... Well, no, hang on a minute, because you, know, you don't... We don't, we yeah, don't, well, we no, don't. I know that you've said that, but that's how it's going to turn out. Trust me, okay. you know, in Fleet okay. Street, you have to have an instinct. This yeah. is not going to be some guy like the bloke who blew out Oklahoma City. Yeah. It will be, you know, somebody who is, in fact, probably a second-generation immigrant, who okay. will be probably someone who converted to Islam, probably. He's probably uh, back home, um, who, so to speak, who, in the yeah, last two or who three has years. Been, who has been visiting some kind of mosque and been yeah. radicalised. And that's the pattern. But, okay. but these are not actually mm. Islamic uh, terrorists. They are misfits. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. people who yeah. have got... Well, they might as well not be Islamic. Yeah, they yeah. might as well be Christian. They might as well be, yeah. you it's know, like Judean. It's getting to the club. It's got nothing to do with Islam. You yeah. know, this is what I'm saying. I'm not oh, going to no. turn it into, you no, know, a religious thing. But what it is about is that these are people... I mean, who would want to drive a car along a bridge, which is for a French school children have been injured in this right yeah, yeah. they've been visiting people who are just standing there have been jumping into the river yeah this guy has then driven and and jumped out of a car with two knives knowing pretty well that there are police with guns yeah around it. kill him. it's yeah. almost it's like you know he plan, knows though, it's, it? you yeah. know it's pathetic yeah you, you may really well pathetic. find this guy's high on substances he might be he might be this is another trait of it you know the one thing i find very odd here go on I mean, years ago, I remember standing on the rails of the White House and having my picture taken. That's how close you could get to the White House. And then terrorism came along. Yeah. So now we have concrete blocks everywhere. Mm. I mean, I know that, you know, hindsight's a great thing. Yeah. But shouldn't there have been little, you know, little I little thought... barriers about four or five, well, six what? inches high along the edge yeah. of the pavement? Well, I was on in Westminster Bridge. just the other week. Yeah, and when tr- the car you know, you can't, can't get, mount the pavement. You can't get a car anywhere near exactly. Trump Tower. Didn't exactly. they put concrete blocks They outside? have got them. Oh, they've but got them outside Parliament, but not over the bridge. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then are you going to then? I mean, I mean, bizarrely, it's a and busy I don't, bridge, and I don't wish to minimise the, the the nature of what's happened. Mm. In about a week's time, yeah. they're going to start digging up the bridge to put cycle lanes in. That's right. And that's had right. they done that this week, then yeah. he wouldn't have been able to do what he did. No, yeah. that's right. But, but the more surprising to me is also the fact that he can jump out of the car at um, you know in, in Westminster Square, yeah. Parliament Square, and just run at the police who are not armed. Yeah, the police are standing inside the the, the quadrant where where MPs are, Aren't and they don't they? have any guns. I thought the they I thought they were armed, and he just no the guy no, that the he's the guy who was killed, killed was not armed. Is that is that shocked? Yes, I'd heard that, that, he, I'd heard he, that he was. No, no, right. no the one who was, who was killed was not, was not armed. There's a, on a lot of the front pages. I think all the front pages. Mm. It's the pictures of. Uh, the terrorist. Yeah. Do you not think that there's people saying on Twitter and stuff there should be a picture of the the police officer that died, the people that lost their lives, mm. yes, or the the MP that ran to mm. try and save mm. the yeah. copper? Should it not be? Pi- I mean, your well, pa- your paper. I mean, guys, the monster, I mean, most of the places that, that uh, most of the papers that I've seen so far have tried to do both. Really. Have they? Okay, they right. I've both. only glimpsed them in and, the, and on so the telly. I suppose they're trying to do the contrast mm. of you know the fact that in this country, whether you're a terrorist or a victim, yeah. you're still getting help by the emergency services, and in a way, that's quite a good. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think that's what they're not trying to demonise the terrorist or, or or wipe him from history. 
country. They're, they're trying to create what is, I suppose, a horrible scene that a lot, an awful lot of people who saw it mm. are still trying to recover from. Because, mm. I mean, you've been talking about mm. some interesting effects, after effects of it. It's how it affects people mm. and how it affects the way that you live the rest of your life. Our, London will not change, I don't believe. No, one, of our, uh, one of our newsmen said something really interesting, that he um, he won't walk through Whiteley... Uh, not Whiteley, is it the one in Shepherd's Bush? What's the, is it Whiteley? Oh, Westfield. Westfield. Yeah. He won't walk through Westfield. That's because he can't afford to buy any. Well, no, partly, no. partly because of that. Yeah. Partly because it's, it's, it's be a, tar- a potential target. Yeah, but everywhere's a potential everywhere target. Everywhere is. I mean, yeah. as Mike said, you get back on the tube the day after a tube explosion for two reasons. Firstly, you say you're not going to stop me. Mm. But secondly, more cynically, you think, well, lightning can't strike twice. Yes. So, yeah. you know, I will walk over Westminster yeah. Bridge tomorrow and say I'm the bravest man in Britain. But knowing, actually... That's probably the safest the, place yeah, in Britain. Exactly. I mean, it's I took, I to took Pan Am 103, when it was still called Pan Am 103, back to New York. Wow. Two days after it had been blown up over Lockerbie. So are you yeah. making this about yourself, are you? Uh, yes, I am. You're oh, right. I heard you two last yeah. night. Yeah. You're having yeah. a pop at... Yeah, yeah. yeah because, because uh, Mr. Captain, mm. he's, he's Donald Trump at yeah. Talk Sports. Well, hang on, I, I got the first flight into Washington, D.C. after 9-11. The first ever flight that went back yeah. into America from Heathrow... Are you sure it was the first one? Absolutely, the first one was into Washington, D.C. Have you got documents to prove this? Absolutely, I'm pictures and everything else oh, okay. myself and mr brazil were the only two passengers on board the british it's airways unusual for him to make a flight in yeah. those circumstances <laughs> uh, but he did yeah, yeah the british airways jumbo which flew into uh, uh dulles it was minus 40 when we got there by <laughs> yeah minus 40 yeah it was yeah it was incredible what, fahrenheit yeah incredible weather minus yeah. 40 yeah, it was incredible weather it what was... in september yeah are you sure i'm absolutely I think certain you may have no up i'm there. not because when we got into dc <laughs> there's no way it was minus to try 40 and find the radio it's like station, the ice age there was two feet of snow oh, it wasn't like the ice age Please. i'm telling you oh, what was the date make it stop well it was uh, two weeks after Just, 9-11 why so, we so that was september well, it was you're telling like, me that in washington in yeah, virginia yes it was minus 40 degrees fahrenheit it was absolutely that no i'm telling you. We'll sorry. check, we'll check it. Sorry about this. Make them go away. I'm please. sorry. So no, would you is, like us to leave now? I, I think now would be a good time yeah, for you to go. Idea. Okay. Yeah. This is the thing, you see. You overstay the welcome. You come in. He welcomes us. We'll never be back now. Well, then you started boasting about how brave you were. Yeah, on and you couldn't stand it. Just, just get out. And you couldn't stand it. Please. Yeah, stand it. Just, just get a, both of you. We have to go. Get out. Turn their mics off. Get out, for crying out loud. It's like... It's like gate crashing an old people's home or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like flipping heck. I, I've, I've, have I, is that LSD I bought in 1996 kicked in and I've fallen into the radio? What the hell is happening? I do apologise. They'll be on at one o'clock. Some people don't like listening to them. I don't know why. <laughs> I love it. I love, as I was saying to them just as uh, they were coming in, I, I don't know anything about sport. All of my sporting knowledge comes from listening to those two. <laughs> That's it. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, Michael. 0344 Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Right. 0344 is the phone number. Yes, Ian. Hello. Is that me? Yep. Hi. Yeah, I'm Ian from France. We've spoken before. Um, funny enough, the, the, the first time that I I called you was um, was on the night of the, of the of the Nice attack, the lorry attack in Nice. Right. Um, it, it was not connected with that. As it happened, as I was calling you, I, I was totally unaware that that was taking place. Um, and so, and so, you know, just today, I, I don't know, I just, I just felt it was 
there's, there, there's an element of synchronicity just to call again, you know. Um, living in France, you know, <clears throat> probably, probably, the, probably the country in Europe most affected by, um, by terrorist attacks. In um, Europe? It's, 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 in, Euro in Europe, yep. of course in Europe. Absolutely correct, of course in Europe. Yeah, that was a mistake, of course. You're quite correct. Um, it, 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 it is interesting, uh, the response, because pe people here do, uh, do, simply do not see it as kind of a Muslim problem. The, 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 the people that I speak to, and, and, and maybe you know, maybe they're maybe they're like me. Maybe they're kind of wishy-washy, you know, liberal snowflakes like me. They see it as um, as, as, as kind of a, 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 a mental issue, as kind of a, a, a mental sickness. So, so people are doing these things because they are... It feels like we're starting... And I, I, to, to, and I know the two mics came in and someone said, the two mics just undid all of the good work you've been doing. No, they didn't. That's, that's their opinion and their, their comments and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're older and wiser and, and fatter than me. And that's... Yeah. That's fine. Uh, but I, I don't... I, listen, in the last 15 minutes of the show, 10 minutes of the show... I don't, I don't, we, we, we've managed to avoid the guesswork and the Muslims and, and we've managed to avoid all that and I, I don't, I just don't want to go there. I get you. I don't want, I, I don't you. want to go there. There's no need to go there. There's no need to go there tonight. You'll get that at one o'clock. You'll get that tomorrow. That's fine. That's their shows. That's other people's shows. We don't need to go there tonight. I got someone on Twitter, someone on Twitter saying, why are you not mentioning radical Islam? And I've replied, cause it's not, it's not what the show's about. We're not talking about why or who, or we're talking about how it's affected people. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right, Ian. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right, man. I feel awful. I, 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 why do you feel awful? I feel awful because 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 I've I've, I've spent. Maybe forty-five minutes this evening in tears, man. Why? You know, just 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 looking at look. There was a moment when 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 uh, quite recently in the last forty minutes, the Eiffel Tower. They just they 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 just turned the lights off. Yes. And it was and it was just a beautiful, poignant moment, and it made me cry. Like a baby. Well, um, I, I this evening, I, I, my job, my job in France is, is to teach French people English, and of course, they've been very interested, in my opinion, on what's been going on in London. Mm -hmm. And without exception, every time we started talking about it, I started to cry. But why? And I just couldn't help it. But why? What was it? Couldn't what was it you're crying for? I was crying just, just, just because of the, of the, of the futility of the act, irrespective of who's behind it, the rationale, the mentality. Irrespective, it was simply the futility of the act made me weep. And and and, and Ian, let me tell you, the joyous thing was two out of the three students joined me in in weeping 
But what were you? But what were you? But you? You were. I don't understand what you were crying for. What do you mean? I don't understand why you were crying. What? What was I crying about? People dying for no reason. No, no, no. Hang on. You've not. That's the first time you've said that, Ian. Oh, okay. That's what I was saying. Okay. I don't know why you were crying, and now you're, 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 okay, that's the first time you've expressed that so explicitly. You hadn't made that clear before. Sure. I'm sorry. My, my apologies. My apologies if, if I wasn't clear enough. Uh, exactly. It, it, it was simply the futility of the deaths, basically. Right. You've got, you've got people walking across a bridge, you know, or a policeman doing his job, whatever. Yes. yes. And, na- and now they're dead. Yeah. And now they're dead. Yes. And there's no, I'm, I'm trying not to swear. I'm trying not to swear because it's emotive subject. And now they're dead. Yes, I know. You, you, yes, we've established that. Ian, thank you very much. Uh, Dennis. Good evening. Good evening, Dennis. Uh, what can I say? I, I say exactly what you say. We can't start jumping to conclusions. There are lots of good Muslims in the world. They're not all bad. If it is Muslims... There's a lot of good people of different... Yeah, there's a lot of good Muslims, there's a lot of bad Muslims, there's a lot of good Christians, there's a lot of bad Christians, there's a lot of good atheists, there's a lot of bad, there's a lot of good black people, a lot of bad black people, a lot of good... There's good and bad in everything. Of course, you can't sort them out from there, so I agree with you totally. Thank you very much, Dennis. Yes, Paul? Every Muslim country is at war. Paul, 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 phone in in ten minutes, I'm not doing that phone in tonight. Okay, well, let, let me say this. No, 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 no. no. We're, we're not. We're no, no, Paul, Paul. We're not, yeah. Paul. We're not. Do, I'm not doing that. Phone in. Phone in in ten minutes. Phone yeah, in with okay, Julia Hartley okay, Brewer tomorrow. Okay, That's okay, fine. Okay. I'm, I'm asking people how they're feeling. That's all I'm asking. All I'm asking you is know, how people are feeling. I was struck by that guy there who said he cried because I try to avoid that sorrow. You know, if, if you if you linger on the suffering, it is really distressing. Because innocent people, just kids walking across a bridge yeah. and having their lives taken away. I remember Nice was so horrific, you know. Yes. But it's every month now, and it's like... No, Paul, 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 yeah. Paul, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know how much clearer I can make it. That, that's not the phone-in I'm doing. I'm asking how people are feeling, how today has affected them. I'm not doing the phone-in that you think I'm doing. Well, I'm scared, and I think a lot of other people are scared, mate. Okay, Paul. Well, that's that's um, that's, that's okay. Uh, d- <laughs> Dan. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Dan. Hello. Um, I was just thinking, um, and I put it on Twitter, so I'm reusing my own material. Uh, by, by the way, Ian's just saying I ran out of credit on Skype. I didn't hang up. No, I cut you off. We'd finished the conversation, Ian. It finished. Yes, Dan. Sorry. No, that's all right. Um, we've got a lot of stuff in the news recently. You've got. Trump doing his travel ban. Yes. Then we've got all this, let's ban electronics on certain flights. Yes. And frankly, doesn't achieve anything, does it? Because ultimately, all these instances are is the work of a lunatic, a dedicated lunatic who's got. We do it, put, Dan! Dan! We're not doing that phoning. Well, I don't understand no, no, why I, people I have. I don't know, but but then you, but then you, you. No, you are though. I'm not doing that phoning. I'm not doing the. Let's guess why this person did that, or wh- I, I, I don't know if you were building up to a gag or not. I don't know, but we're, we're not. <laughs> See, the the, the 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 two mics did interrupt the chi. Um, uh, we're not doing that phoning, and and for the most part. I can hear some of you are itching for that phone-in. That's great. Phone the two mics up now. It'll be a cracking listen. You know, if you want to get really angry, phone up. Listen to Julie Hartley Brewer tomorrow. She spouts a load of poisonous bile. Listen to that. You know, if that's what you want. 
I'm not doing that phoning. I'm trying to be a bit more human, a bit more humane. So don't phone up and tell me every Muslim country's at war and you're... Uh, 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 what, what, how is that going to help? Yes, yes, line one, you're on the wireless. Hi, Ian. Yes, uh, this is Ian from France. I'm sorry, we, we, we just dropped out. No, no, we didn't. We, no, we, no, we finished the conversation and I cut you off to go to another caller. Oh, did you? You dumped me? No, we finished the conversation... I cut you off to go to another caller. Oh, it didn't feel like an end of a conversation to okay, me. Okay, well, you like end, you, I tell you what, you, you, you get a radio show, you decide yeah. when all of the conversations are finished. You, you do that. Why, why are you being so rude, sir? No, I'm, Ian, Ian, I'm not. The conversation you is... You're being incredibly rude. No, I'm not, Ian. You're being incredibly demanding and you are being... You are ex- displaying um, signs of entitlement. The conversation had finished. We were coming towards the end of the show. I had two more callers lined up that I wanted to get mm. to. That's how a phone-in show works, Ian. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It, 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 I'm, it, I'm really glad you think that's fair enough. There's a brilliant picture in the papers today. Have you seen the picture of the kid in the machine? Oh, it's flipping brilliant. You know the, um, the grabbers? There's the grabbers, right? There's the, you know, the grabbing machines where they've got the teddies. You can never get anything. They're fixed, so you can't get it, right? Um, Jamie Bracken Murphy, who is three, climbed in, it's, it's such a good picture, climbed inside the claw grab, grab game while his dad's back was turned. Damien, 35, was sitting with Jamie's brother, Shane, 5, when he heard muffled complaints and turned around to see Jamie's face looking out from behind the glass. Jamie was stuck for 10 minutes. An off-duty fireman coaxed him out. (laughs) He's he's climbed in. Look at that. He's climbed into the machine. He's actually in it. He's in it. And, of course, Dad took pictures. (laughs) It is on 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 today of uh, all um, of all days. <laughs> Go and have, find this picture. Find this picture. Um, just type in "kid inside grab him." It, it, it's it's brilliant, and he's in there, and his dad and his brother are looking in. Go, what? How the flipping hell did you get in there, son? It's the best picture. That's what you need. That's what you need after today. There we go. There we go. We, we almost made it. We almost made it, guys. Um, I shall be back tonight at 10 o'clock. I suspect that... Um, I suspect that we'll be doing the normal show, but I don't know. Who knows? Let's, let's, let's see what happens. But I suspect that we will, uh, as long as there are no huge developments tomorrow, um, we'll be doing the, the same old knockabout crazy late-night phone-in show. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Catherine, for playing an absolute blinder this evening. Um, thank you to nearly all of you who called in. Two mics up next. Until then, ta-ta. Talk Radio, the 21st century dream team of dialogue, debate and discourse. Talk Radio, give it some lift.